welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the Dream Master, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Werner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 493. Summerween Night Terror Spooktacular. Oh my god, Eric, it's week two of Summerween, and if you are paying attention and playing at home during the second week of Summerween, you all know that the little kids, they put their shoes outside their door, and hopefully the Summerween Spooktacular ends up putting the sand and half-eaten tacos in in these shoes. That's what the The thing is, I imagine that's what you actually believe Halloween's like, because your parents didn't want your stinky-ass shoes in the house. I'm just making it like it's every week you have something else. I want the Summerween Advent Calendar. That's what I want. Advent Calendar, I got you. And it's at the the best is at the end you open up that last door and somebody punches you right in the face and wakes you up. Just and like that, real life. And then we can actually go to September and get some good books. You know what I'm saying, Eric? Oh boy! Hey, all you weirdos! Shame. Hey, you Frankie Annette and Moon Dog! It's Summerween time, and we've got all of your Summerween spectacular things this week, all Summerween, all the time. I don't know about you, but I was afraid that Jess was going to get seasonal work out at the Spirit of Summerween store, Eric. I I don't know what they sell there, but I know that they sell nightmares. That's it. Nightmares and dreams, dreams? Eric. There we go. Little dreams. I mean, the dream is that the nightmares end, but who knows? Who knows? But hey, everybody. We have a hell of a show. We have six books, all night terrors. And with that, before we get into that, let's uh, do the accounting here, Eric. We also, this week, we had the Thank God It's Friday show. Sure did. We haven't done that in a while, and that is on the regular feed, also on YouTube. But you can go and listen to that now. That is Batman Incorporated, number 10, and Spirit World, number 3. And that's kind of a cool deal. Eric says that's the leftovers. Or the- Why? It's the leftovers. Because this week on our Patreon-only spotlight, that if you want to get involved with that, you go over to Patreon, you sign up there and get to listen to two books reviewed by me and old Spooky over here on a Thursday night, and they are books picked by Stroke. the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And this week, they ended up picking World's Finest Teen Titans, number one, and Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number four. So, And that, my friend, is why they are the leftovers, because the badass of the Get Fresh Coup, Boo Boo, did not want it on their spotlight. We didn't want it on the main show, so that's where they landed. Thanks a lot, it's Friday. I'll tell you, and people were starting to wonder in the Slack, who is this going to be able to go? You even asked me on RTGIF, said, do you think that the boat can keep on a rowing? I right? hope so. Because, well, next week, if the badasses go with it, four books that aren't part of the Night Terror. So it does work out, Eric. Now, that's another thing, though, we'll have to discuss by the end, Eric. Keep yes, that in mind. Now, there's another book that's coming out that I don't know that we're loving. I think that you'll demand that we keep doing, but we'll get back to that. What is it? I want to know right now. <laughs> it's Superboy World, uh, Man of Tomorrow. What is wrong with you? The Cosmeteers are important. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that anybody really cares about it, but maybe we'll do that as well. But maybe we'll have a TGIF with it's three Connor books. Ken. Maybe. Or we'll have a Patreon spotlight with three books. We'll have to see maybe. how it plays out. I don't it's know. It's all possible. But we already mentioned them. 
the spookiest badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh, here is their spotlight, Eric. I'm not going to get spooky. No uh, beatboxing, nothing. That's spooky. I'm getting right to it. It's spooky to some people. Stephen Batdad Mitchell, Trevitt, Dad Nation. Yeah, y'all. Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S, Cam, Matt Razor, Demon 3000, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42, To You, and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Night Tears with an F. <laughs> yeah, a big F, maybe a U as well. Mark oh. Jager. Bill Beer from the Bat Pod. Ruben. Ruben does the X-Men stuff, and he starts talking to me about the X-Men stuff, and I tune him out. I'll tell okay. you what. Carlos. He ends up, hey, this up, and I'm like, I don't even know. I thought he called me Nimrod the other day. You no, this to me all the time. Marv. Matthew Rapier, uh, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, Randy Murray, Brandon up there in Buffalo, and doxing his ass, double A run in Minnesota. Boom, boom, and a boom, and all-time greats. Unfortunately, no longer with us, Rob Lewis, uh-uh, Reginald Drinker, uh-uh, and me. Uh, you don't know this. I'm a ghost. I'm going to ghost you after this. One of these weeks, I'm going to ghost your ass is what I'm going to do. All your oh, gaslighting yeah? so you've do? been doing. I'm telling you, gaslighting. the minute they came up with that term gaslighting, Tanya uses it for everything. Telling you, I say to her, like, oh my God, I got to go get gas for the car. Don't you gaslight me? I'm like, that doesn't I don't think you use it properly. I'm like, you don't use it. I'm like, oh, she's like, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching a YouTube video. Don't you gaslight me? So get that. I don't know if you know what's happening. So, what I, I'll tell you, a little secret. Anytime we do get in an actual fight, that's all I yell. Every at day. Her. I start yelling her. Uh, you're gaslighting me. And I walk away and it drives her insane. <laughs> it drives her insane. It makes me giggle, Eric. But here we are. Gaslight Shay and Ghost and Jimmy. I actually thought today might have been the one day that I end up getting a hold of you and say, oh, let's skip this week. Let's actually oh, yeah. take a week. <laughs> I was getting tired. I ended up, I was in the middle you're of one of the tired. books. Well, I, I have a barometer really when I read books. I am always tired, but I usually don't fall asleep on my tablet. And that's what happened during one of the books. And I thought, boy, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm in a good mood here. I don't think I feel you? well. Like, you know, out of the ordinary. Yeah. But then we started uh, talking before we were recording. I'm fired up, Eric. I am, I'm not going to say positive, but I'm positively looking forward to see what you For think now. about these books. We're going to go off to these. Them. We're going to have two sections of three books, Night Terrors All the Way. We have a male section as well. And away we go.
Eric, week two here, and I said at one point that while Every I was reading week. these night terrors, I was going to kind of try not to think, well, I, I'd rather be reading the regular books, but it does keep creeping up. But also, just this past week, somebody did say to me, like, oh, the, the main book, don't pay attention to that. that that's nothing. The main book. Really? These, these tie-ins are where it's at. Actually used the meat and cheese, which threw me off, and <laughs> said that's where the meat and cheese is. and I said to them, and I'll, I'll tell everybody again, we keep saying this and probably will say it each week. I, I have to keep putting it out of my mind. But when I talk to a bunch of the writers of these tie-ins and ask them, hey, what were you told? What kind of guidance? We kind of assumed what we would get as an answer. And it was they didn't get any guidance at oh, all yeah. that they were told. And so when we're into the second week and I ended up, eh, people seem mad at me that I didn't like the night terrors, you- number one, that we're going to start with. But. I ended up uh, during this week thinking, boy, I think there's one thing that people aren't really going with here, which really shows me it's early still, but still it shows me that this is a complete and utter failure, Eric. And I I know that people will already be rolling their eyes that I say that, but this is a story that the setup is a nightmare stone is hidden in a hero or villain's nightmares, right? Or maybe the insomnia going, right? (laughs) Or again, but. Have you heard anybody? And we're in the Slack and and on Twitter. You're I don't know where the hell you are down at there. the local arcade and maybe at the so wharf. Cool. Has one person? Have you seen like anybody? Have you seen anybody <laughs> say, "Oh my God, here are my five picks of where this nightmare stone may be." Oh my God, I think I've done some homework, and I think it's well, that's in the weirdest part because. Even though, like, we, we haven't talked about this before we got on for the podcast tonight, and I'm waiting for you. I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, all right, we're going through all of this stuff. We have a bunch more times to deal with, even for the rest of this month before we even get to the, like, number twos and stuff. And I'm like, whose mind will ultimately exactly, be? Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, does it even matter? And ultimately, do we, have, do we have any kind of clues of why it would be in a specific place where John D would hide a stone that we've never heard of and have no idea what it does in any particular hero and or villain's mind and or the waking world because I don't know enough about the nightmare stone to say who's in the goddamn mind of this. Exactly. And you could say, and you already did say it, we're going to get more times. We're not done the first month yet. And so without us being done with the first month, but nobody's sitting there like at at points, me and you go nuts with this stuff where we'll be like, oh, my God. And we always want to, you know, look smart, do this detective work. It didn't even and cross wrong, my mind. We never bring it up again. Oh no, we'll never. That's that shit's buried. <laughs> Talk about gaslighting, Eric. That's out the door. But when we end up doing all this, I never once actually thought to myself because after reading even the first week of times, I realized they don't matter. They I did don't about an matter. hour ago for the first time. Yeah, and I, I. But you probably came to a brick wall thinking, I don't even know what the hell the rules are, or what's going on, or what this is. Exactly. It's, it's so odd. This idea that the big setup for the big summertime spooky event is the nightmare stone is in somebody's nightmares. Oh, my God. And I don't see anybody making any guesses because there's really no info to make guesses with. Plus, I'm going to start changing rules this week, Eric. And that's what I get driven nuts with Joshua Williamson every time we did it in this flash run. We did it in Dark Crisis. That shit started changing throughout. You never knew who the real big bad was. 
and what was going on till the end. And that's what this feels like as well. Uh, I, I, have, I, have, I have two guesses right now for whose mind the Nightmare Stone is in. Guess number one, which I just came – actually, both of these I just came up with right now as you were talking. But Wesley Dodds, and it was fine that he was dead at the end of this issue when Dead Man brings him back to death. Now Insomnia will be able to get it. And so Dead Man ruined everything. And but do two, zombies dream eh, of electric – dream of, of <laughs> rotting sheep? Is that yes, they dream of rotting sheep. I don't know that he would dream. I, I'm just going with Batman because it's always Batman. But Jim, as Dead Man told us in the beginning of this whole thing, there's a very thin line between the dreams and death. No. There is, Eric. And also, in this one, Insomnia says it might be in the waking world. It's just, sure. who cares now? So ridiculous. Now, <laughs> now, guess number two, just for fun, just for fun here. It's in Superman's mind, because as we know, before Doomsday Clock, he never has nightmares. He doesn't have nightmares. So right there, Mike, it's because the Nightmare Stone's in it. It holds that shit at bay. Well, I said from the very beginning, the idea of the Nightmare Stone that was in somebody's nightmares all this time, I, I just wanted it to be something where... Oh, my God, these three characters, like you always talk about back in the day, you'd have a year-long setup for an event, and you oh, yeah. didn't even realize it. So we, we talked about this a little already, but I would have loved to have had it where, oh, my God, Eric, you know that Nightwing's been acting very aggressive lately, like it might be him. Like, I want to see if got that one of them rage ones inside of him is starting to affect them. Is it something that's got, but uh, it's nothing. So kind of like we have at the end of the button with like Barry Allen and Batman talking about one of these heroes isn't like, you know, acting like themselves lately to lead into the Batman who laughs infecting people, which didn't make any sense for how long it was in between. And it's like the long con. Speaking of that, I mean, anybody in a Tom King book is right up there. They're on the top of the list. Like they're acting weird. Everybody sucks. There you go. Supergirl act very aggressive and the Supergirl, a woman of tomorrow. So maybe she had the I don't think it matters like that. I don't think any of this matters. So matter. when we go through this, we are just trying to at least enjoy each issue, making it hard on us, or at least on me. We're going to start with Night Terrors number one, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Giuseppe Comancoli, Stefano Nessi, Frank Martin, Casper Wingard, and Troy Petiri. Hey, you, you know that dead man? Oh, I do. Find out who he is again, because we're going to get another. In the weirdest way possible, because we're going to have a little more background on the high-flying dead man, Boston Brand, who he was and what he liked to do before he died and became the dead man we all know and love today. But when he starts telling us the story, for some reason our narration takes place in a inside the mind situation where it says dead man in a suit to like you know talking to us in an empty audience in a theater i'm like why are we even doing this when it, it doesn't work with anything else we're doing and it, it doesn't work for me because it it's not like one of those things where i sit there and i'm like oh my god this works within this whole night terror story and i get it no 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 it just seems like it's filler it just seems like it's kind of trying to be a bit fancy well, it doesn't work it doesn't work in the story and we already you know, already had a recap that didn't seem to be enough anyway, but this isn't going to do anything more. The idea, hey, I was a high flyer. People who came, they wanted to see me die. And then I realized and I, I got died. shot. I became a superhero. I hear the exactly shoot. the same. Yeah, and look at me now. I get to be a wacky superhero. And away we go. And the then we must go, go into on. the deal. And then we go to where we left off in the First Blood issue, where you do have insomnia. I guess in John D's body and has yep. Batman with dead men inside pinned to the wall. All the doctors in Arkham have become these zombified nightmare guys, which never really was explained either. But 
we just kind of roll with some of these well, things. That's, that's the weirdest part about this because in this issue, we're going to discover that we did have that weird little setup that we're talking about to like, you know, a little precursor to get things rolling before the big event happens. And we did have that to a degree in the Lazarus Planet Huntress issue. And I forget which book that came out with Lazarus Planet, but at the end of that, you saw the Lazarus rain leaking down into Arkham Tower into some cell and said to be continued later on. And it's in night terrors. So that's John D. I mean, not John D. Insomnia. Insomnia is at Arkham Tower. He's in a coma. He got all Lazarus rained on, and now he's the god of nightmares for some reason. But and right not. now we know that he's not. That's what he he yeah, proclaims. He he's the god so. of he's, nightmares. He's so. talking shit. So right now we have we have insomnia, the real guy stuck in a coma, and he's projecting his mind out there after he you know dream walked through people's minds, giving them nightmares for the nightmare stone. End up taking over John D's body and is reborn in the real world. So right now we know that insomnia can jump into people's dreams. He can he can put the whole world asleep and he can make them into a nightmare state where he can tiptoe through the tulips to see where this goddamn nightmare stone is. He can walk around in the normal day. He can turn humans into nightmare creatures and alter reality. But for some reason, somehow, this guy thinks he needs more power. What can the Nightmare Stone possibly Here's do that he thing. can't already the do? The only thing that I get is that he needs the Nightmare Stone to stay in the waking world. He says, I, I'm getting pulled back to the Nightmares. That's why he needs Nightmare Stone. But we don't know what long? the fuck the Nightmare Stone is. Like, does he go back and, like, like oh, I'm getting pulled back to the Nightmares. I need, like, you know, 72 hours to recharge, and then I'm back to it, baby. What, what Mixoplick rules? <laughs> I don't know. Have a, Somebody grab him and tell him to say insomnia backwards. Get some town on this insomnia shit, backwards. Right? You end up where in this, even before we get to the play, because once we find out, I mean, one of the mysteries that we actually were jumping back and forth with, me and you, oh, my God, is Insomnia Cleveland Brand, Boston right. Brand's brother. Is he part of this? Is he part of that? Legitimately in this issue, Josh John Williamson <laughs> through Deadman says, oh, no, he's just some dude. That, that's just all some it dude. is. How, how can you lessen an event? That much in the first official numbered issue of the event. It makes everything less. And when you end up finding out that, oh, it was some dude who was just there catatonic in Arkham Tower and he got dripped on by the Lazarus rain, which nobody likes and wants to forget anyway. And that's how we get this event. This whole event is a stupid asshole who got wet from the Lazarus rain. Nonsense. But even then. After you get this recap from Dead Men, you go straight to Insomnia, recapping everything. Hey there, Dead Men, you're in the Batman body. Hey, by the way, I'm after the Nightmare Stone, but then messes it up and says, I think it's either in the waking world or the night. <laughs> Again, how much can you lessen for everybody? How much can you lessen the idea of tie-ins when you say it could also be in the waking world? Is that just to get that one Zatanna book and a couple others because they're the way? You set this up to be nightmares. You set all these tie-ins. And then in that, we haven't seen anything with insomnia trying to manipulate things in the nightmares and trying to find a nightmare stone in it. He's so just it's all around just being nonsense. Spooky. It's all nonsense. Sometimes he's just sitting there like Beatles. Sometimes, sometimes people are sharing dreams for reasons unknown to me. <laughs> There's no rules. And the the, the minuscule rules we had are being topsy-turvy. I'm telling you, when I ended up seeing him in some of these times, it reminds me of that running joke in Community when they said Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice and then Beetlejuice yeah. walked by on the outside. That's all he is. He's just sitting watching TV there. He's there. He's Nonsense. Nonsense. Now, I've talked to some people about this, or people have even asked me questions or maybe fought a little, but still, P it, it, this is an event. This is a big thing or should be. Everybody has a different idea 
of what the hell is going on. But most people do end up saying, because again, insomnia, the big bad, right? Yeah. He was just some dude, quote unquote, who ends up getting Lazarus rain on. That That's bad enough. Also, he doesn't even have his own body. He's there like, that's even worse. He's in a weird looking body of John D that he possessed. So he has nothing. There's nothing. And the weird part about it is that there's nothing like good about him. Like you said, nothing original. Like that's just his because he's in Dr. Destiny's body. But even when he's in Dr. Destiny's body, he looks like an amalgam of the Creeper and Manchester Black. Yeah, definitely the Creeper and Manchester Black. It's just on. So he's there. But again, when you throw Lazarus Rain into the whole deal, to me and you, we've talked about Lazarus Rain and all the other things. Lazarus Rain's just a MacGuffin to do whatever you want with anybody. You could just say, so when we go forward, don't be surprised if insomnia just starts having powers that, that we never were set up, nothing, because nothing really has been. But then it'll always be, oh, Lazarus Rain, Lazarus Rain. And that is not a way to set up an event. You are actually setting up an event in something that m- most people didn't like, and it was never fully spelled out. How that Lazarus Rain even did anything to anybody, and that that sucks. But in that, you end up where a dead man decides he's got to find out what's what, and so he jumps into the body, more the mind of insomnia. Of yeah. insomnia. Now you can me and you discuss this. First off, it's the dead body of John D, but it is possessed. So I'll and it's, say, I'll give you that, that it's animated. It's been, it's been animated, exactly. Yeah. It's been like, you know, it's, it's Insomnia's living body now. Let's call it that. Maybe, but what happens? Because you saw Insomnia's like, I'm getting pulled back into the Nightmare Realm. Does that body just fall Dead. over and rot? <laughs> yeah, you know? So with that, I can, I can skew it. Because remember, Dead Man doesn't jump into dead bodies. He jumps into living bodies. And when he does... He doesn't read their minds. Their minds go dormant. He takes the place of their consciousness. They usually won't even know that he was there afterwards. But here, Joshua Williamson, just because he needs some way to give this exposition, suddenly dead man reads minds. It's not his power. That's nothing that dead man does. Most people, I I actually was shocked how little people know about dead man. I just thought Why? that it was kind of common knowledge with most of the characters, at least their basic you know, power sets and things like that. But most people are like, oh, yeah, Dead Man, he should be able to read. My- no, but he does. And he reads the mind, and that's where we find out. And in a weird way, you get Wesley Dodds involved. I mean, this whole dream sequence of the mind reading, you get pretty much everything that you need to get to go forward because that's the only way Joshua Williamson can get things going and forces things in. But we do see that Nightmare Stone. It's a little weird the way it's explained. Me and you were talking about the verbiage and how it kind of comes down is weird. Well, that's but the thing the end, is, when you have a thing, the Nightmare Stone, created long ago by a sacrifice, a tormented hero, a long-lost case. So I'm guessing they're tying in with Morpheus, the dream, with, you know, Sandman, Wesley Dodds, trying to give an idea of, like, you know, the Dream Stone to the Nightmare Stone, how Wesley Dodds maybe was, a, like, you know, a part of creating the Nightmare Stone. But when they get to the point of Dr. Destiny used to possess the Dream Stone, John G. stole it and manipulated it into something broken and twisted it. And I'm saying, like, well, Dr. Destiny and John D. are the same person. So when you say Dr. Destiny used to possess the Dreamstone, are you trying to say Morpheus? Or are you trying to actually say maybe that Wesley Dodd Sandman once possessed it? But you just said Dr. Destiny by mistake here. Because it's just such a weird way to spell this out. Because I don't know if, like, you know, it's poorly written or it's just, hey, Dr. Destiny used to possess the Dreamstone. And they're like, 
Oh, I don't want to say Dr. Destiny again. So John D stole it and manipulated it into something twisted and evil. But the weird is, it's like he used to possess it, then he stole it. That doesn't make sense. So I think it is Morpheus. Now, this is the weird play. You said to me, well, they don't want to deep dive. There's not enough room to get in the Neil Gaiman. You don't game want a Neil Gaiman like to shit up, yeah. But the way that you fly by it, even with Sandman, the way you go, like I said, people don't know Deadman. That surprised me. But now you're throwing in things that not a lot of people know, but you're almost making. Your whole basis of this and the foundation of your story based on that, I, I don't know. I think that people just read this page and go forward. Like me, I'm like, oh, whatever. Hey, and even when you were reading, you, read, you have the idea that the dream stone was turned into the nightmare stone. I still think it's something different that has to deal with Wesley Dodds. And then we find out more about I the dream stone. I think it has to be Destiny. something. I, I, I think it almost feels like that's what they're saying, but it can't be because then then you mess with the dream stone. That, that doesn't really make sense. And because he hid it long ago. It, yeah, it's just weird. He feared the, it. Yeah, the whole thing, though, with that is just not spelled out right. And then I you agree. get this whole deal, and pretty much all this page is for is to see the Nightmare Stone in the middle, and there's Wesley Dodd Salmon. All right, go for set it, it up. It. That's, that's really all we're getting, but it, why make it that convoluted on that page? To just not even confuse people. People just like, eh, whatever. And so then he goes deeper, goes into this whole play here. And then he's like, oh, I'm at Arkham Tower. But this is a while ago, you know, like three days ago, a hot week. You know, like ago. two weeks ago when the Lazarus Rain happened. Oh, my God. Lazarus Rain. What's happening here? And that's where he does. Oh, see man, this comatose guy got wet. Oh, my God. That's all it is. And so this comatose guy. He's having a wet dream. Am I right? Man, oh, my goodness. That's pretty good, Eric. Or a wet I nightmare. Should, I, I call The thing them. is. I should have gotten the Freddy Krueger line, like, talk about a wet dream. That would have been Should have got Oh, my God, you didn't do it. I'm looking at that. That always works. So the big villain, that the one intriguing thing in that first issue of First Blood that we were talking about was who could this be? It seems like a character we forgot about. It might be a brother because he's like, hey, brother, you said it was Hulk Hogan. He's just Hulk Hogan talking. And then we find out that. Again, quote unquote, it's just some dude that really lessens everything to me. And, and just then, some dude who's been in a coma and like, you know, Arkham Tower, you're not supposed to wake him up and stuff like that. And I just assume since he got Lazarus Rain, you and I are talking about like he's pissed at Jessely because in his mind, he sees them as monsters. And I think to myself, because Joshua Williamson is writing this, somehow his family got hurt during Dark Crisis and he blames the heroes. And that's the thing. Either his family got hurt in Dark Crisis or he did. Because he's in a coma. His family may still be out there, but he's not able to see them. And that's Six the memory under because, out there. Well, maybe, but I'm telling you, this could have been something where the dark army, he got possessed by that and it scrambled his brain and then he never came back from it. So he's there in this comatose state. This wakes him up. He's able to travel through dreams and nightmares. He sees that, but it's definitely going to be dark crisis. Something with that messed up, either him, family, both. But even that, like, is Joshua Williamson think he's being coy here with like, I see some happy memories. You see the guy with a family. Oh, get out of my brain. Get out of there. And he gets expelled, goes back into Batman and then says, I love where he just says out loud, huh, got some real great information from you and Sonia. So I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go research it. And then just jumps out the window <laughs> because he's got Batman. And that actually works out. Luckily, there's all those weird. Yeah, he's, he's an acrobat, and usually, like you know, this could really kill somebody because Batman is ultra athletic. He's like, this is the best body I've ever been in. Yep, and that that's actually the best deal that you do because that's what happens if 
you know, while he was an acrobat, if he jumps into big fat Eric Shea, he ain't doing no acrobat. Uh-huh. Right? He's not doing nothing. He's tumbling. <laughs> He's tumbling down the stairs. That's what's happening Gracefully. Oh, maybe. <laughs> if it was me, it would not be graceful. Well, let, let's get to brass tacks and talk about something important in Night Terrors. How do you feel about this new Batmobile that we see here? Because whenever we see a new Batmobile, I get excited. But I also have, you know, the double-edged sword to the point where, like, I get excited to see a new one. But is this one really working for old Jim Warner? No. No, and, and, I, and I'm telling you, like, the weird play of this is I don't really know what has changed or not changed in the waking world either. Even when we get to the Zatanna book, that looks, like a gross vines everywhere. that looks like a nightmare version of the thing that we'll never see again. It looks stupid. I don't like it. <laughs> and he's there and he's driving around. Hey, I'm going to get out of here. I like where that's where all oh, the buildings insomnia. around him look like it has the T virus or G virus from Resident Evil growing out of it. Yeah, what, what the fuck's going on? I'd rather be in my nightmares, right? Nightmares really is just my waking day. Anyway, no, no, I think this I is what know. your basement looks like. I really was hoping we were going to see somebody like a Jason Todd where when he goes into it, like the nightmares are actually better than the regular world. And he's like, I just I was kind of hoping that we got to see something of, you know, might be on the character's mind as of late, maybe in their personal lives. It's like bothering them right now that they might be thinking about, you know, as a personal problem outside of just a flashback history lesson of who these characters are and things they've experienced before, because when you get to chase the Todd's diaper, I guess it's going to happen. The Joker's going to kill him and his mother. It doesn't matter. Uh, when we get to the times, I'll try to, I, I talked to you about it before we record it, where I was trying to make it work somehow, but it's not going to work. The things are terrible, but you end up where again, though, this is supposed to be the book that's driving everything forward. And really up until this point here, all we've done is find out that this guy is some dude that got rained on with the Lazarus rain and he has a family that you might want to get back to. And it just it lessens everything in my mind. But you end up going and really like what mystery do we have left except where the nightmare stone is? But you're not even setting up clues for that. But how do you know we had a flashback, not flashback, but a look inside Insomnia's mind where we saw the like, you know, Wesley Dodds and the creation of the nightmare stone. And by the end of this issue. Dead man, knowing what he's seen, he's like, I got to go resurrect Wesley Dodds with some Lazarus resin. And I'm like, well, that we're setting stuff up here. There's Wesley Dodds there. And then by the end, this Wesley Dodds set up. What you have set up is what really didn't matter. Because again, Insomnia doesn't know Sand shit. Man. He doesn't know shit. This is all he knows. And he can't we're find the, the same playing field. Right? Why didn't he go and do this with, you know, Sandman? This is the stuff he already knew. He just came into the real world. The guy only knows. Well, I guess he's also kind of limited there, but nonsense. (laughs) He ends up where you do have uh, Deadman realize, oh my god, I thought that it was just here, the Arkhams. Actually, at one point, you did too. I mean, a lot of people did. They just thought it was very... I thought there was a proximity around Gotham or something like that, or like the Hall of Justice. Because at the one point, I forgot that we went to Arkham Tower. And this is this drives me nuts, and we talk about this a lot when we're doing comics. There are times when comic books don't make sense. I don't know if you know this, Sarah. You've been reading comics most the of your life. The hell you say. But, like, the idea of, wait a minute, how can Superman be on the Justice League on Korrigar while he's also in a prison there? And more, the things you have to let go, right? And, exactly. and there are things that will never be able to be explained, and you just say it's comic books. But then you go and try to explain it. And then it makes it worse when Dead Man's like, oh, shit, it's the whole world. Everybody in the whole world fell asleep. Luckily, there's a couple robots out there and they saved everyone. They're not going to save everyone. We have a few heroes doing stuff to like help things out. We have Red Tornado riding a plane and we have Zatanna reading some books, doing some magic. And I'm like, nah, that's all we get to see. She looks like, like she's studying. 
You spent you spent a page or two on Dead Man giving us narration in a suit in an empty theater for whatever reason. Give me a freaking full page. Just break down the waking heroes. Give me the middlemen. Give me anybody that makes sense to get out of the way of the idea of not sleeping. Assume that you just push it aside that they were saved. I'm telling you, when you bring this up, I want to see. Oh my God, I didn't realize that at the Adam saved Eric because he's working the bandsaw at work. You're there cutting shit. You fall asleep. You're about to die. The Adam every day. Right, so there nobody died. But why didn't the Adam fall asleep, Jim? Well, I was just making up shit. <laughs> you gotta oh come God. up with some good shit. Why, why isn't this person asleep? Out of nowhere, is Clayface sleep? Is he helping out somewhere? He, he I, I was just gonna go with one of those <laughs> Superboy robots that he used to make back in the day. You got yeah, them flying the around. Got them. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna save you. And crypto. And as we find out in this or or the Zatanna issue, we have the old JLA robot Elrod. He's up doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's saved, though. Everybody. The 8,000 planes that are up there in the sky at all times, Eric. 8,000. Thank God Red Tornado is out there doing his job. This guy is doing shit. I didn't realize he was that much of a hero. You're a big Red Tornado fan. Uh, I like him enough, but now he's a hero. Whoever it was, that gang of robotic and whatever heroes, they should get awards at the end of this. They saved Tell the world. Tell me, I would even play, if I could even make a play with the idea, let's say Firestorm, just because I always want to bring a Firestorm any chance I get. Let's just say that the Firestorm Matrix was able to save Professor Stein and Ronnie Raymond because the, the Firestorm Matrix protected them from that. Because yeah. Firestorm doesn't sleep. They have to separate in order to sleep. So let's just say he could still remain awake like as long as he's in Firestorm. Yeah, exactly. You guys can't fall asleep when I'm you're together. You, at one point, I started thinking crazy stuff, which doesn't make sense. Like, well... Would aliens do because the, they're, they're kind of different? They treat. Different. <laughs> I was just making up shit in my head, but really, all we see is red tornado and Zatanna. That's it. It's, it's Later on, we'll see page. Robot Man and the Zatanna tie-in, so we understand that Cliff Steele's out there not sleeping because just human brain, robot body. And uh, yeah, there, there was weird things going on. I was thinking about the Green Lantern family or the Green Arrow family because of all that shit going on and whatnot. But you end up having all this, and what you end up having is Dead Man then. He seems to know the lay of the land. I don't know if you're trying to insinuate that he's able to read a little of Batman's mind or whatever, because I don't know how he'd know there's Lazarus rain or resin that Batman had collected, but he certainly goes back and gets it. And that's the full play. uses all of it on Wesley Dodds. Shut up, Wesley. Tell me when we'll finally get rid of the shit, because we're told that there's none. It's like I the know. nth metal, over, you know, uh, it, over it's and over nonsense. Again. Yeah, over and over. Like, oh, man, there's none left except this one. Oh, well, that's the thing. That. We, we had one. the whole thing with the idea of the Lazarus resin pills and from Task Force Z, and then the Lazarus rain happened, and like all of a sudden, oh my god, all the Lazarus pits are all dried up. There's nothing left. No more Lazarus juice. And then in the back, girl, Steph, you know, dies. Oh, we had some Lazarus juice. We gave it to her, and she's alive again. And it just keeps happening. So we're at the point where we have the Lazarus rain, the Lazarus resin, and the Lazarus juice. And I, I don't know if they're all the same or not. That's the problem. It's because I it says Lazarus Resin on the things. Yes. And I love the idea that Deadman's like, there's none of this shit left. He seems to like sprinkle a little and throw the rest over his shoulder just to lay there. He is now going to cause a zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. This is how Return of the Living Dead started. I'm going full resin. And I like the tie. And I wish that he didn't say there was the Lazarus Rain and, and Batman. What are you going to do? Get the dead body to have powers? It wasn't really that spelled out that Lazarus Rain rose the dead. It actually gave you meta powers. So when it's resin, though, I like that because it ties oh, in no, the I Task Force C. And, and it does, because even when Wesley Dodds is reanimated hero and he gets the gas mask, we, 
we, we, he looks like a zombie behind yeah. that gas mask with that crazy one eye that we get to see. So obviously it's, it feels more like Lazarus or like resin for Press 4 C than anything I like, else. And I, I'm just going with that. And I thought that was kind of cool. But there's a little tie in. We don't know the ramifications of it yet. But over in the JSA comic book, I believe it was that Jeff Johns is doing the Lazarus Reign also uh, like uh, brought back Dr. Midnight and um, Wildcat, you know, the second generation of that with Beth- Bethany Chapel and uh, Yolanda Montez. They brought them back to life. There's something else going on with that. But JSA is so it's just it's not coming out. So I have no idea when we're ever going to get the answers about how that worked with Lazarus Rain. But yeah, I go with Resin because it's even spelled out in solicits. He, I mean, even look at his head. He's a zombie. Oh, He's yeah. come back as a zombie. He needs I some like more that. to get all his good stuff back. And that's the kind of cool play here. If you go with this, if there isn't any more resin at the end, he's just going to end up dying. He's just yes. going to he needs more. I kind of like that. It almost goes in a play with even insomnia needing the nightmare stone to stay alive and in the waking world and actually be able to do things as opposed to you know this and i I tell you god's the only man who knows about it besides for john d shut up wesley and somehow the you know in the regular world the moon's haunted up there i mean nuts but at the point i think that this all ends with them just healing that asshole just laying there in arkham and he goes back to his family the end eric but that's the end of this issue Mm, it looks okay no, I like the way it looks a lot, yeah. But yeah, it's it's already, it's one, you know, we had a prelude kind of issue with First Blood. This is the first numbered issue. And even Batman felt like it was a, another prelude before this number one issue. You're already, you're still recapping and you're already changing some rules and you're getting weird about it. Nobody you're you're seems lessening to know. the idea of the nightmare tie-ins that we have because it could also be in the real world, the waking world. It doesn't matter! Tell, you reveal in the first numbered issue that this guy's just some dude that got Lazarus rain on him. Aren't it we all it just almost some feels dudes? like I'm like, what? We're just well, normal men, Jim. follow this guy? Innocent men. I don't read comics to see just some dude that got rained on. <laughs> I don't need that. Hey, look, how Jordan was just some dude until a ring went and grabbed him. Yeah, no. This guy's still just some dude. At least how Jordan became, you know, space He's insomnia, Jesus, right? the god of nightmares. I like the idea where he's there. The first thing that happened, he gets rained on. He's like, oh, shit. Let's go. Oh, I can go into nightmares. Man, I better come up with a name. I'm going to go with insomnia. Like, but that doesn't work because that? because that means you can't sleep. Well, uh, yeah. So what did he do? Did he have like a chalkboard? He's like insomnia, That's nightmare guy, you know, terror, Terry. I don't Dream warrior. <laughs> Lazarus rain, specter guy, dream warrior. Like, what did he do? Dr. Eternity. That's insomnia he came up with. And he's like, That's it. When did he think that was the winner? Oh, God. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I would give this issue a 6 out of 10 because the thing is, a lot of it is a recap of what we had for First Blood and even stuff that we learned about in Batman. Coming forward with the idea of the, what, like, we're going to describe the Nightmare Stone more, it even comes off more confusing how it's spelled out if the Nightmare Stone is the same as the Dream Stone, who once possessed the Dream Stone. You and I have been going back and forth on this all week with this one panel of what the hell it's talking about on this page. But it's just like, again, okay. We got some cool stuff by the Duh. end because Dead Man in the body of Batman resurrected Wesley Dodds the Sandman with the last of the Lazarus resins. So hopefully this means we won't ever have to deal with Lazarus again, even though we were told previously, but in the pre-Flashpoint continuity, that the Earth needs Lazarus pits in order to survive itself. Yeah. And then yeah, the science, Eric, the science of them. Uh, yeah, I- I'm a five, just a five. And it, everything, it's one of those things where when you start Sandman. explaining your story... <laughs> You don't make it better, not less. And everything felt less. Even that play of, oh, man, 
it's either in the way like when he says the waking so world or the nightmares i wanted dead men to say wait time out like uh, that's not what you told us before you're changing rules here buddy maybe he's trying to the throw last. him off he was trying to throw him off oh i know because you don't even know that insomnia, he has himself a posse outside of what his nightmare creatures are, it seems like. You, you got fucking nightmare queens? <laughs> I don't know what to You got the, the uh, damn, people transforming into new things? I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't either. And uh, So, yeah, I'm a five, and hopefully it'll get better. And again, but, you know uh, that's the weirdest part where somebody says the meat and cheese is all on the tie-ins? And I have to say, maybe he's never right about the idea, but only the nightmare tie-ins. Once he gets to the waking world, shit's going to be scrambled, changed this way and that. At least in the nightmare, it's like, okay, we know at least we're going to go in here. It's not going to matter. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of, I don't know, you kind of have nightmare rules at some point, except when you get two guys in the same nightmare. Jennifer H.R. and Poison Ivy. What? And the Robins. And yeah. it's just nonsense. It's like, that seemed to be a proximity thing. That doesn't make sense. Sure. Know. You know. That's why, like you said, it would be cool. Wait till I wonder what the Titans is going to be about. But when we end up, that'd be cool if you are doing something with the same mindset. Like, all right, we got to take down Gorilla Grodd, and then we go into the, maybe we could then shit, but nothing was spelled out. And like you said, you you wish that, oh, my God, Jason, when he gets knocked, and we'll get to that book in a minute, but the idea, like, he might be upset. Am I still a zombie? Razzlish Resins, Task Force Z, the foe. Something. But no, you, you just go same Being thing. a part of the Bat family, but still being adjacent to the point where nobody wants to hang out with you because you're still Jason Todd. Something along the lines of outside of the death of Jason Todd, because it's just so cliche anymore. Like everything else that we deal with when any writer jumps on and says, all right, what are these people going to worry about? Well, better stick to the classics. Man, would it be funny now because he is kind of not fully really accepted at points to the Bat family that he starts calling himself adjacent Todd? Would that be good? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it'd be some of the best writing I've seen in a long uh, time. Boom, I did it, Eric. But we're going to go to the next book, the tie-in here. And what is it, Eric? Night Terrors, Green Lantern, number one, written by Jeremy Adams, with art by Eduardo Pansico, Julio Ferrero, Luis Guerrero, and Dave Sharp, with a backup by Alex Segarra, and art by Mar uh, Mario Facillo, Prasad Rao, and Dave Sharp. But for our main story with Hal Jordan, as we saw in the last issue of Green Lantern, him and Carol and Carol's fiance, they were just flying around until a nightmare wave hit them. And now all of a sudden, Hal Jordan is in a dream world where he's reliving the the funeral of his father. You know, the one thing that we always deal with, the thing that made him who he is, the trauma of seeing his father die during a, a, like a uh, piloting session. So we're just right back to the idea. Hal Jordan is a small boy. He's in his father's funeral. And then you get the nightmare aspect of it where his daddy comes out of the coffin like, I love you, boy. <laughs> it's just it's just these I didn't things. mind that. This is the thing. Again, when we talked about this, I know that most of these aren't going to matter. So when you go into it, we know we're going to get basic stuff. The first thing I thought was, I hope Red Tornado's in the neighborhood because that plane is going down, Eric. Oh, yeah. But I like to think that Red Tornado is, uh, even though we see him save a plane, Red Tornado, in the Night Terrors number one, and it is a gigantic, like, you know, uh, Commercial flight, it's different. I like to think of that as Hal's plane, well, though. you or, don't get it. Red Tornado Hal's... gets the call, right? Yeah. And he's saving a 747. 140 people. Oh, no, Hal's playing with those four people in it. He just Shmeow. lets that plane. <laughs> hey, I think it can land. He goes off. At some point here, Harrison Ford's definitely crashed somewhere. And that was even before the nightmares. Oh, yeah, that was there. before he he's fell asleep. Crashing. He's like, he'll blame it on the nightmares. But well, until, until everything's said and done, let's just say autopilot. 
Yeah, I actually said that at the end. I think you're going to see that the ring protected them somehow in the deal. But you end up, and then, then I'm thinking, well, it is that wi- that Will ring. But you well, end up in thing. here. It, it doesn't make sense for a normal Green Lantern with the idea of willpower because when you're asleep, you don't have the like you know consciousness of the use your willpower. But because Hal Jordan is the person with most willpower in the in the universe, and he cre- created his own ring, and it's different than anything we've seen before. His will is pretty much just emanating off the man. It can protect him. I can go. I was going with the protection protocol, but then if it's not that and it's not a real ring, just hang on. There's nonsense. But I don't mind this issue as much. I saw a lot of people hating this. At least when you go and you're going to get the classics, right? You're going to get, oh, my God, the dad. Then we're going to go with Carol. But at least it does feel like at least the nightmare where you open the one door. Oh, my God, I'm in the you know funeral. And no, then the next dealer he goes, and I do like the concept. Usually you just get to see, oh, my daddy died. But when he becomes this monstrosity nightmare deal, I'm like, okay. And he does remember that he's half Jewish. You have a bunch uh-huh. of things that actually show that. where his brother's at? I don't know. Yeah, it's showing that Jeremy Adams, you know, kind of knows a bit about this. But again, it's a weird play because he's only done two issues of Green Lantern, I don't know how in tune he is. I would, if he did a Wally issue, I think we'd get even, you know, something better. But here, he, it's one of those things. They didn't get any guidance. So when you're told to just do the standard nightmares, that's oh, all yeah, you're going to get. You. And that's the thing is you're going to get Hal Jordan greatest hits because even the idea of the dead dad funeral, bad stuff happens, nightmare scenario. Okay, and then we're going to jump over to when Hal Jordan got his ring from Abin Sir. And then Abin Sir turns into a nightmare creature, blah, blah, nightmare. And then we're going to jump to Oa and then the... The freaking idea of like the uh, United Federation of Planets just to tie it in with the Guardians give something for Oa, and it's like, oh my god, nightmare scenario on Oa, and oh my god, it's Parallax, and it's just, yeah, I, I understand. It's just the only big it, thing about this is is that in this it does mention what you did to Kilowog, and they've been hitting in the regular yes, book that he yeah. actually killed Kilowog, so maybe that would be something that's cool to tie in. But I don't know what you can do here, especially after two issues of the book. You get into the nightmares and you just go basic and try to make it look good, which it does. And you get a little bit more like the idea that Abin Sir, like a lot of times you'll get that he ends up, you're not worthy. You don't have the, but here at least it's like, oh, I'm sucking the willpower in your life out of you. It gets a little <laughs> horrific. Well, it is, really is nothing. I really it, it, It's just nightmare stuff where Hal Jordan's given the ring and the ring is just a conduit for these tubes to come out of Abinsur's head into how Jordan to suck his life force. And at first, I really just wanted it to be the idea of the power ring, where Abinsur was just like, you know, given this away as a way for him to be free finally, and the Valthoon spirit to like suck the like the life force out of how Hal- I just wanted something like, I don't know why, because that's where I thought initially it was going to go, but it's just it's just a weird zombie Abinsur with tubes coming out of his head, sucking the life force out of how Jordan. That's it. The idea of this, uh, I did talk to Jeremy Adams, not really about anything, but said, you know, how you doing? What's going on with this and he did say that he kind of struggled with this idea because you do have to set up the basic nightmare in the first issue and then you want to do something with it but you only have one issue left and i said that's what me and eric have been talking about these two issue things they suck is a problem but he did say hopefully people will enjoy he actually almost said listen i understand that this is the basic stuff but i had to get that but in the next issue I, I hope that people enjoy a little bit different and maybe a lot of them will be like that where you start out basic well, that's the thing to is, set you, up something. I don't know though. I, I don't know because you know Jeremy Adams is doing stuff right off the bat with the idea of Hal Jordan not being a part of the core anymore. The idea that you know Kilwag might be dead. Who knows what's going on in that and where his place on earth is anymore that Carol's moved on and he's just pretty much bumming around Hal Jordan as we saw at the beginning of the new 52. 
I want these to be the things that we're focused on in his nightmares to actually give some character, you know, depth to the who, how Jordan is now for the actual series. Like, use this as a way to, to like, you know, tell a story that you didn't have time for normally because you want to keep the pacing going. And this is a way for us to understand through the subconscious of how Jordan, what he's facing right now. But even when we have the idea where, like, you know, let's just say Killlog's dead and that's the big mystery going on. Your report on the events that resulted in the fellow in your fellow corpsman's death on Korrigar has presented the Guardians with much to think about. I want to take a team back to the planet. We need to know how this happened, and I'm hoping we can. We're not going. Your quest denied. But when we have all this going on, I have to think that if this is the case, is this is like the subconscious leaking through from what the real world is, where Kilowog died on Korrigar for some reason, Sinestro's home planet. But Kilowog's also in this panel right before this happens, too. So I'm like, I don't understand if that's the case, if we're actually playing that whole thing. And also, is that the thing where Kill, like, Sinestro's on the run because maybe he killed Kilowog, who's also a friend of his, as, long, as well as how Jordan, and why he's on Earth? You end up having it, and you end up having the Guardians and Kilowog there. And the Guardians say, hey, listen, you betrayed your oath. You know, you betrayed your friends, the Lantern, and going with the whole idea of the United Federation of Planets and things like that. But when he, the re- it's one of those like lucid dream things. He even says it wasn't that. It was you guys disappeared. And then he yeah. even says, no, this, the room, you, Kilowog. I think he's saying, what the hell's Kilowog doing here? This must be a dream because he's fucking dead. Why do we have to kill Kilowog again? We've already killed Kilowog off before and had to resurrect his ass, and now we're going to kill him again and find out about it later on? It's really his name, Kilowog, Eric. But yeah, and he ends up, like, at that point, when he attacks them, he's attacking all of them as if, you guys aren't real, you're, you're dupes. Maybe they're, maybe he thinks at this Nightmare point they're Gerlins, which would be kind of a cool play. The it idea cool where play. he doesn't understand, but even then at that point when they kind of shapeshift into the Nightmare Creatures, they do say, you actually are pretty good. Most of your other brethren here, they're just duped and going through these nightmares, but you actually are able to see and fight back with it. But yeah, it would have been cool if you thought it was Geraldine. It was like, oh no, not you guys again. Just sticking with the dream scenario, making it make sense within the like your mind itself. Like, hey, you're not right. Not think yourself. This is a dream. Oh, you're Derlin's taking over the like uh, Oa, whatever it is, or Moga. Actually, we're back on Oa now. I always forget how it works out because it seemed like we kept switching up how the planet worked and like well, rebuilding and the planet the and we're on Moga too. As he's saying it, he's even saying this room because that yeah. was blown up, and so you yeah. have a lot of things going on that I do like. That I think that. If you really look into it, I think that Jeremy Adams is trying to give you something to go forward with this book. And I think that the next issue will be, you know, more of that. And I hope that I, that's I the just case hope, because though, because we have the situation going on. Oh, I talking to the Guardians, which might be on like, you know, revealing some mysteries within the book that we don't even know yet. You know, if you just follow along, uh, Kilowog's dead. He's not hasn't actually been in the book. It's just how with his guilty conscience, whatever, talking to a, like a, a dead friend as if he was still in the room. Do so you have this going I just hope that that idea doesn't continue when all of a sudden Parallax comes out of the, the power, central power battery. I'm like, I don't want to go back to Parallax. I mean, I think is I miss Parallax and the idea of what all of the entities for the different like emotional spectrum. So like, I miss them really bad. But for some reason, I just don't want us to go back to Parallax territory when we get done night terrors. I know, but I think this is just the nightmare. No, that uh, it good. says, and it you know, be. you're just going to go in and out when he says, welcome to your greatest nightmare. I think that this is all formed into, all right, we tried to dupe you. Because, again, this is where I was going to talk about earlier when I mentioned the idea of how I was making it work in my head. If you end up having now the weird play of this is, is that, unfortunately, insomnia has spelled out that he isn't causing the nightmares that happen. The fear seems OK. Right. Each individual. Like when he said to Batman, these are your nightmares. I'm not making them. But I wish that he was. And what he was doing is 
go with the basic stuff. And and really the idea of nightmares is a weird play anyway, but he would want these nightmares to continue for as long as he can go through to find this damn nightmare stone. But with it, it doesn't matter because it doesn't ever seem like that's connected, but that should be the play. It almost should be the nightmare mercy instead of the black mercy. Get them caught in these dreams and nightmares so I can go and see and maybe some of their actions will result in the nightmare stone coming about. None of that's set up. And so these tie-ins are just like you said, you're like, I hope we don't get paired. Nothing is spelled out. You just have shit happening and it just doesn't matter as we keep saying, but. Overall, I do like that Kilowog little play there on the, you know, the Guardians. No, I'm sorry, that's the best part of the book because it's actually doing something matter. outside of the Night Terrors event that means something to the actual series that it's stopping right now because it's giving you hints and clues within the dreamscape of Hal Jordan. But the majority of the issue itself is like, like I said before, it's the greatest hits. And like, I just, I always just want something more from these books than just that because it's always the bare minimum. It feels like, like whenever you have a situation like this, and even when you get to Sinestro, though, it's like, Hey, Sinestro was on Earth. We saw him in Green Lantern number one hanging on Earth, so he's asleep now. And even before he falls asleep, though, I just want to know what happened to Sinestro more than anything that Hal Jordan's doing right now on Earth because for some reason, whatever happened to Sinestro turned him into the biggest bitch possible because this is a guy who was one of the most feared beings in the universe for his willpower, his training. He is like the was the greatest Green Lantern of all time before Hal Jordan came along. And now he's just a guy on the street. Yes, he doesn't have a ring, but he bumps into some guy and the guy knocks him on his ass. I'm like, who is a Sinestro? Why can't he fight back? He is a corpsman. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, I could barely even make Hydra hair of this fucking backup. I hated it. But when you get to the one part where they mention, you know, we're going back to Korgar. Korgar, we can't do like there is that connection when you ended up having Hal being told, Oh, what you did on Korgar and what happened to Kilowog. Yeah. What did happen is that why you do have Sinestro on Earth going to get Hal and maybe find out that Hal though it looked like he was the one who caused this big disaster. He didn't. And I'm going to do this weird thing up. where all of a sudden this is going to be like, you know, like um, how uh, John Stewart blew up the planet Zanshi before. So and somehow how Jordan blew up Koryagar and everybody's blaming him. So he, he had everything like he had, he didn't, he turned down the, like the green lanterns himself. So he didn't have a dishonorable discharge. Yeah. And, and then for some reason, the fatality shows up just to throw yeah. shit out there again. But no, I, I think that that's the connection. That's what I'm interested in. And I would love to have Sinestro realize, I hate to admit it, but I know you didn't do what this big disaster happened and me and you are teaming up to go and, you know, try to figure this out together would be a pretty cool setup. And maybe that's what we're getting here. But I'm telling you, the Sinestro part, I'm like, all right, I see him there. <laughs> I'm out well, of whatever here. happened to Korrigar, it feels like maybe that Sinestro did it himself because even the people he's faced up against are past versions of himself, the evil one, the Green Lantern one. And it seems like maybe whatever happened to Korrigar, which might be weighing on his mind, is his fault. Now, I actually think it's one of those places you usually get where it happened where he couldn't stop it. And they're, gonna, right. you know, you Survivor's should have been there to stop it and he couldn't. And now he's got to figure it out. But when he says Korrigar, that's, that's impossible. That's not possible. And there's some, that little bit like, okay, I get that stuff that will go on later. That's cool. But overall, it really is a nothing issue. But a lot of these are. It feels so weird to have a backup that was Sinestro. I know he was on Earth in the first issue of Green Lantern, but did we really need a Sinestro backup for this Night Terror's Green Lantern? It feels so weird. <laughs> yeah, you had an extra buck, Eric. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I'd give this a six out of 10 as well because. I think the art is fine throughout, and like even though the the um the Sinestro backup kind of like you know fa- fails the doesn't fail it just falls short of the art we got for the main story. It does its own thing well enough, I think, but it's just 
we have the greatest hits and that's all we ever have. And it's just so underwhelming to read. I'm just happy that we had that part on, oh, we got some clues and hints about what's actually going on in the main book because that's the savior of this overall. Yeah, I'm a six as well. And we'll move on to the next book, which greatest hits, Eric. Uh, What are (sighs) we talking about? Night Terrors Robin, number one, written by Kenny Porter with art by Miguel Mandanka, Adriana Lucas, and Tom Napolitano. And for some reason in this book, we have a book that features Tim Drake and Jason Todd, my two favorite Robins. And when the dream wave hits during their individual little crime-stopping sprees that there are, their missions, yeah, their individual missions, they're both thrown into a dreamscape together and then torn apart and then find each other again in their dreamscape where they have to go collectively figure out what's going on. You know, Tim Drake, the ever detective that he is, knows that things aren't right. He can He's trying to, like, you know, dream walk a little bit what's that called uh lucid dreaming he's trying to figure things out so he can lucid dream a little bit and figure things out because he knows whatever he's dealing with is not right but he also can't help himself because the dream that he finds himself in is the death of his father over and over again and i'm just sitting there i'm like why does everybody bring up the idea that he lost his mother too well before his father like we just never bring her up but there's just so much going on with tim drake's life right now that i think would be way more relevant and on his mind more precedent for him to be worrying about you know because him becoming bisexual and the fear that he has with that, even the idea of being with Bernard and what's that mean? Even Bernard, maybe even knowing that he's Robin, which I don't even think they brought up in the final issue of the Tim Drake Robin book, something along those lines. So something more that would tell you that like, you know, who Tim Drake is right now, not what he dealt with back in 2003. Or maybe he's like upset because it might rain and flood the marina, you know, shit like that. Or maybe you know, like normal shit. Maybe, you know, James might be Moriarty again. <laughs> oh, my God. Pi thinks that I'm cheating on Bernard with Robin. Oh, I can't that. have this. At one point, he actually wakes up and, uh, Megan Fitzmartin, he just yells it out to nobody. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, would be. Uh, Zach Walker actually wanted to think that that boat that's for sale, like, this isn't a twisted joke. I thought that was shade. I'm like, yeah. I think it's opposite, but. The whole play of all this, it just ends up, like you said, it's funny because we mentioned Megan Fitzmartin, obviously, but she kind of made it seem like the death of his parents didn't mean shit to him. Remember the whole idea? It's like, I never saw anybody die in front of me. They didn't fall off a trapeze. I'm like, no, I think that most people think that <laughs> yeah, he went yeah, through some terror there. Your mother died, your father moved on, remarried, and then he was murdered by Captain Boomerang and you found his dead Pretty body? Bad. Yeah. yeah, and again... If this, if it would matter, I and and you kind of expand on some things. The idea of the Tim part, where he is trying to be a hero, and you even see before they hit the the nightmare wave, he's there trying to keep up with Batman. He wants. Oh, to he's prove pushing himself. himself real he's hardcore. really pushing. And I like the idea. Then in the nightmare, when you're seeing this, that it is, and that's a classic nightmare. You know, something bad is happening. You just. Can't, I told you at one point, I used to have a nightmare where. It was kind of like how you go with nightmares. Like, I'll wake up and I don't know what the threat was. But in the nightmare, the whole play was me trying to fire a gun. And uh-huh. I never had fired a gun. And the idea of pulling the trigger, it was too heavy to for me to actually be able to press it. And I thought, I'm too weak. I wasn't able to protect True. myself or whoever. But yeah, there, and you go into the psycholo- you know, psychology, up, well, that yeah. makes sense. The idea that I, I'm afraid that I'm not somebody who could protect my family or friends or loved ones and that's pretty cool so when you do have this but you need more than that for this and i i wanted to say and you, you were talking about the idea of getting these same nightmares again and whatnot that's bad enough when you have it in the regular run of a book which we always do if you have oh, jason yeah. todd in a book he's gonna have some time where he's yelling about crowbars <laughs> 
and the Joker. That gets us upset if it's a spread page in one issue of a run. This is a fucking event that ended up stopping all of the books. And that's what we're getting. We're getting shit that would have annoyed us in a spread page of a regular issue in a regular run. You can't just do that. You have to up it because some of this might have been decent enough, but not in this circumstance, not with an event that you're getting people to tie in 40 some issues. This damn thing is. And this is what we're going to get the greatest hits. Well, like you have insomnia in the Rob, like the Tim Drake part of it, when he looks like a weird, I don't know, Tim Drake who laughs version of Tim Drake for how he shows up. Because this doesn't look like insomnia, but it's close to it. But when you have Jason Ty's dream, you have an exaggerated helmet with a Joker upside down smile on the red, old like Red Hood helmet that the Joker used to wear with Jason Todd's old outfit, like, you know, what he's wearing. And they're gigantic monsters with crowbars and they're battling. And at the one point, the Joker says to him when he reveals, like, you know, removes the helmet, face it. The red helmet you wear is just one step away from the man you put, who put you down. I'm sitting there like, but he doesn't wear that anymore, and he hasn't worn that for a while. And I'm actually upset that he doesn't wear the red helmet anymore. He just has an actual red hood. And even when he did, we get it. We know that. It's funny because I don't know if you ever played the deal or uh, the uh, Jason or the Tim Drake looks like the darkness a bit, the the comic book character. And then okay, also we say that too for somebody the- who looked. He looks like the Soul Reaver to me a little bit. That, that's actually From the Legacy of Kane. Right. He looks more like Legacy of Kane. I knew it was something, and I was thinking that it might. It is Legacy of Kane. Please, sir. I, I, I don't remember, remember what that character's time. name was, but it was the Soul Reaver spinoff of Legacy yeah. of Kane series. That was yeah. pretty cool. Soul Reaver, but that, that, was pretty that's good. who this character looks like, though, in Tim yeah, Drake's dream, who is in Soul, but but with like glowing Captain Boomerang boomerangs. Mm. I had Soul Reaver and uh, deal for the Dreamcast as well. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah, cool, I, Eric. But I yeah, they only played it on the PlayStation. And it's funny, in this one, you end up, like, really seeing the Dr. Destiny, like, teeth kind of Uh deal. It looks more like everybody's got their own deal. But, again, I don't mind over, like, if it was something else and you're just seeing this where, and, again, if this would have been in the Megan Fitzmartin series, this might have been the best thing ever in that book. The idea where he is trying desperately to save his dad and it keeps resetting just to show him he'll never be able to save him, to then have the Bat family show up. You know, and, you know, hey, there's Steph, you're my best friend. And it was weird then not having Bernard in this at all. But you end up where they're like, oh, you're supposed to be a hero and you can't even save your own dad. Like, that shows that insecurity of being a superhero that Tim Drake does. Haven't I liked that? But, again, is it enough? He has so many like more this? insecurities I going know. on currently. Seriously. If if it wasn't for insecurities, he wouldn't have securities. You know what I'm like, saying, Eric? <laughs> like, it's almost like everything that we have playing out right now with these dreams is almost like we have with those spread pages for the Unstoppable Doom Patrol that was those quick little backgrounds on every char- like every part of the character that without having any real context. Because it's like, at the end of the day, you're just insecure and you need to stop that. Okay, Dr. Cinco. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the weird play of this, too, is it's funny because Tim and, and Jason – I don't know. They have their little connections, you know what I mean, for where they were. But we never have nowadays the idea where you don't understand me, Jason, and you don't understand me. So you almost, because you have the two in here, maybe you get a Freaky Friday, Eric, and all of a sudden Tim is facing the Joker, Crowbar things, and then realizes, oh, my God, I just walked in Jason's shoes. But there's nothing that would be good about that. But why are they in here together? doesn't make any sense anyway. But you just get the normal thing. And I wish that they could help each other do some more stuff like that but 
But what are they even doing? Because then they're just calling. I'm telling you, they're together in the dream. They're separated. They fight their own, like, you know, worst nightmares, which for Jason is just Joker versions of him with crowbars, like, ganging up on him. Tim's dealing with the death of his father again and again, and then the death of the entire Bat family through different boomerangs. Is Jason the stupidest guy ever, though, by the end? I mean, (laughs) seriously. Like, the idea that he gets the, if I shoot the Joker... It becomes two jokers. Then I shoot those two jokers. At the end, it's everybody's a joke. It's so ridiculous. Like, uh-oh. I'm I wanted to trouble. love this issue so much because, like I said at the, the beginning of this whole review, I love these Robins so much. I love Jason Todd as the Red Hood. I don't like the way he looks currently, and I haven't for a while now, but I still love Jason Todd. I, like everything else we're, I think we're going to talk about throughout all of Night Terrors, I just want there to be more than the freaking circus level bullshit that we get for each and every issue. And maybe some, I don't know. You could have used this whole thing too, because, you know, while we had that one, I think it was, it was the pride issue, but I'm not sure where, like, you know, when uh, Tim moved on and was with Bernard and then we saw what Cass, not Cass, what Steph finally thought about this. He's like, Oh, I'm so happy. This is the best day ever. Thank God. This happened. It wasn't a pride issue. I ended up remembering because we talked about this before. That was when they, actually collected the uh urban legend story into a trade and then that was the additional story oh that was the additional okay so yeah that made it so to get the trade that was just such a weird conclusion for steph to have for this entire long relationship she's had with tim drake just for her to be so happy like yes you you have to be a good we have to present our heroes as good people who aren't going to like be pissed off that my boyfriend's bisexual now and left me for a band but you have to have some feelings and even if we can't see a surface you know like on the surface with steph we could at least see some inner turmoil from Tim's side about how he feels about it. That's the big, and you say that. Now, I was going to say, which I think we're going to get next issue, I I just kind of wanted the the smart Robins here to figure out they're in a dream and that they can team up together. To t- I think and that's what happens warriors. in the next issue. I think they become dream warriors. But when you say this about Cass, or actually Steph and Tim, boy, this would have been a great idea to have that play of Tim thinking that while he wants to do what his heart tells him, whatever, he is going to lose one of his best friends. He's afraid that she is just kind of surface level being nice and afraid he's hurt her and that he'll never... normal human emotions and feelings. Just the idea. I mean, I know that they really, when things happen, because like you said, and you kind of skirted a little around the issue, but not really. The idea, if Steph acted like a real person who was just upset that her her broke, Her boyfriend broke up with him. She's all upset about it. People, DC, be afraid that people would take that as her being homophobic or, you know, a hateful. That's not, not supporting the case. Tim, but make still. It, make it natural. So exactly. So when you have all this going down, where is that play with Tim who thinks everything's great and all of a sudden, wait a second, there's Steph with another guy. That still might end up affecting him more than he ever exactly. thought. Exactly. Because he's just like, oh, my God, I'm kind of doing this now. I love Bernard. But who knows what happens when you see, oh, look at Steph dating Damien now. Going young. What the <laughs> like, fuck? Something like that. Like, even if it was anything. Just just bring out, bring out Kyle, Maps' brother. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle. <laughs> Damien. Uh, Maps can date Damien then, and that works out when they were at Gotham Academy together. You say but, that, but Damien's with Flatline. That's all I want to see ever again. Yeah, that's true. And double XL. So no. a little three play. You end up three XL then. All right. But when you end up, and I, I'm hitting the rim shot for that, when you get that, it would have been a really, a really neat thing to see actual emotions and see that in that insecurity and things that maybe even. I know that people lose their minds, some people, but the idea that Tim actually, in his nightmares, like, 
did I make the right decision? Did I do the, the right mother, thing? The motherfucker is footloose and fancy free about everything in his life besides what happened in 2003 with the death of his father. The death of his mother. Uh, I wasn't involved with that. I don't care. But the death of my father. I was already a Robin. The I should have been there. Lives at a marina. That's a nightmare right there. That place stinks. It probably smells like shit. You're there. I actually, I tell you all the time, I have to sleep on a damn boat. The one time we had a hockey tournament in Seattle City. That thing was a rocking and a knocking. I threw up like seven times. It was the worst. It was so bad. It stunk. Everything was damp. Yeah, yeah. I woke up the next day, quarter on my ass. My pants were off. I didn't even know what happened there. I but did. yeah, it's just the worst. So yeah, let's see something a little more unique, something thought through. And these, that's the problem is these things don't really feel like anybody did any sort of thought to them. They just like, eh, do this. Just throw it. Almost like they're, you're not going to give me info. Well, fuck this. I'm going full out. Like they don't want to ruin something that can't be ruined. I don't know. Then he laid, Tim ends it's up just, in a bed full of dolls. It's just well, all it's of just these Eric. problems. The thing is, well, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I do have a few. I got a snorkel access over here right now, but that's cool. The but just the idea, you're always writing these characters two dimensional, and it makes sense. These are comic book like characters. So, like, you don't have to work too hard with it, but make people care about comics again. Make people care about these characters by actually showing some, you know, human emotions, some human traits in here to make these more than just the two dimensional characters that are on a two dimensional page. Or there's another play that I still think this doesn't do. Even with the greatest hits, I don't think this is a good jumping on point for a new reader to really see how great these characters are. You're just getting these things thrown in from the past, that thing we always get, but it's not anything that's going to get you like, oh, my God, this Jason Todd's awesome. It's just here and just it just doesn't work for me. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art is fine throughout. I like seeing a book that features Jason Todd and Tim Drake. The thing about that is. The, the way it works out doesn't make any sense at all. I'm just happy that they're here and they're together, but they're, it doesn't make any sense for it. So it just does not help my score at all. So I'm at a 4.5 out of 10 man. for how this works out because I fa- I just found myself so disappointed. Like, hey, the art's Duh. good. Tim looks great. Jason, I don't like the costume, but at least he looks great the way he's drawn in a costume that I don't like. It's just none of the nightmares make sense to me. And it's all surface level nonsense. Yeah. And, and again, we were talking about just Tim at the end there, but even Jason the idea that that family doesn't accept them and he was a zombie and everything's gone wrong and he keeps he actually does keep laying things down on the line for batman to then get fucked over anyway so you have a lot of things you could work with 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 that and in that in a dream where say they're together and tim is all worried about you know stepping have jason help him out and give jason a chance to actually feel like he's a hero at points like he's always behind the eight ball here everybody always looks at him with snake i, I just like just just guy. do something different because you have the basic idea of the joker attacking his greatest fear crowbars his mother being killed bombs exploding it's always the death of the fa- uh, death in the family for when it's jason tonneball let's do something different like out of nowhere it's like we see that in this like subconscious how Jason Todd actually feels about the death of Alfred Pennyworth and like you know how it's been tearing him up and then why he joined Task Force X I'm mean, Task Force Z in order to kill the zombie Bane for taking the the real father figure away from him something like, just more than this show me some emotions that would really show because you know his brothers and that the idea that Damien saw that and we actually see because we never really do get any sort of those emotions from Jason and what would have been hilarious is they. Both of them get pulled away. And again, you're going to play this whole thing with insomnia. And Jason's like, oh, man, where am I? 
this shit again? Like, you really think I'm afraid of this? Like, I've dealt with this shit a million times. Well, that's the thing. You know, I feel like we've actually done that within the last six months. I swear we had an issue somewhere where he actually talks about how I don't worry about this stuff anymore. It doesn't bother me. It was when they started talking about the crowbar. And they, I forget who it was that even said, oh, crowbar, that's really on. He's like, it doesn't mean shit to me anymore. I just like it. Like, the idea that he's taking it back to the streets. And why not do that? Why not show, like, you really think that this is going to bother me now at this point? That's ridiculous. That would have been a really cool thing. And then it would, you know, like that how Jordan ended, it kind of would like mold into something else or whatnot. But then we could have gotten something a little better with that wink, wink of we know you always get this when you get nightmares, but he's gone beyond that. I'd love or it. At least and then at the end, he gets like, the painting, right? Or at least give somebody like who was a big fan of the New 52 Red Hood and the Outlaws, like have him bring the all like blades oh, out or something, of that. something along, along those lines just to like yeah. showcase some other stuff that you can do, like to make somebody happy somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somewhere. Me and you. Uh, does it make you laugh at the end when you get to the end? I keep looking like. Some of them say to be concluded. Some of them say to continue. I'm like, I, I kind of like that I see to be concluded because I want to get Me the too. hell out of this. But with all that, that's the end of the first section. Yeah, we're trying to have some skewering and reviewing, oh, yeah. but we're going to go off now to some mail. And it's time for the mail. And if you want to be part of the mail section of the podcast, all you have to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Just like Andrew Belfast starts off this mail section with Ola, Jim, and Eric. Oh, there's no guy named Ola. What? This is me and Eric. Hope all good with you and the crew down at the rec center at Quakertown, PA. It it's hot. We, it's hot and we had some flooding. Uh, just the other day, and I don't mean Eric's jeans. Hey! Swamp <laughs> ass. I have to. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my character that they're like, hey, we got a character we want you to write. Oh, really? What is it? Swamp. Oh, ass. Uh, I'm writing well, I'm myself. Sorry, wait, will you go to the swamp ass joke or are you just saying that I cuff up my pants pretty high? I was just saying that you cuff your pants up. I have two <laughs> questions for America's sweetheart this week. I thought you called me swamp ass. No! <laughs> Oh, okay, thank you. I got a flood in my pants. Thank you for not... Really? That's all you got in your pants, my friend. Ooh-wee. I, I should be nice to you. You didn't call me swamp ass, so I will be nice. You're an asshole. I have oh. two questions for America's sweetheart this week. Oh, my. Right. I hope one involves swamp ass. Number one, what is Eric's favorite McFarland toy for DC? Oh, boy. What a question. It's like saying, what's my favorite child? And like Jim knows... That's very easy to pick out. But the thing is, with the, these mega figs that they put out, like the really big ones, I love them so much. I was thinking about it earlier where I think Manta and the Calorback figure are two of my favorites. But like for regular, like seven inch figures, I never thought I'd like it because I like the mainline, like, you know, regular DC Comics figures. I'm like, if you have Injustice or this, that, and the other thing, or even the movie figures, I never want a part of that. But McFarlane hasn't done a proper Green Arrow figure yet. So I went and bought Duh. the Injustice Green Arrow with the, like, the Robin Hood cap on. And now it's right here in front of me as we do the podcast because he's so goddamn cool. Oh, you're wrong, Eric. You didn't realize this was a test. He says, I recently bought the Superman Black Adam Edition 7-inch figure. It's about three inches more than Eric has. I think it is the best-looking Superman released by McFarlane, but hope to see a better Superman figure from them in the future. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Action Comics 1000 Superman. I have that one right here, too, in his flight stand. 
Okay. Is that a seven inch? Yes, or are it you is. just happy to see me? <sighs> Two, does Eric watch the Superman and Lois show on CW? I don't watch it on CW because I don't have cable, but I do catch up the reruns on HBO Max when they go out. So I, I'm only on season one and two at this point. I'm waiting for season three to drop. He says, I have watched seasons one and two over the last month, and I think it's fantastic. I'm not sure if Jim so watches good. the CW shows, but if not, I, ha- I highly recommend it. I don't watch any of that. I'm watching New Jeans. They got a new album coming out. Eric. The hell is Man, New Jeans? That stuff. That's a K-pop band that's going to take over the world, Eric. Oh, yeah? I had to. Yeah, you'll see. Mark will, my words, but I, jerk. I have no idea about it. You will, because I'll tell you. Stork will tell you, too. And maybe even Luke Hollywood. I had started watching Titans, but it's very dark and violent. Although sure, Hawk and Dove that. were brilliantly cast. Sure were. Oh, goodness. All I keep seeing is people losing their minds. Think about Yeah, I, I keep seeing all of the people. Is that that, um, that Minkin or something? Sounds I right. Her name. I think maybe she dated Derek Jeter or something, but who did? I don't know. I don't even know who the hell it is. What am I saying? The idea of all Minka this. Minka Kelly. Uh, yeah, Minka Kelly. The, yes. uh, all I keep seeing is people like, Hey, everybody, they just, you know, announced the casting for like 800 people in that so cool, right? legacy. Yeah, I don't know. Some people are saying it might be a little too much. I Maybe. just keep thinking I'll like, see. they're announcing shit. They can't do crap. Why are they announcing True. this shit? Oh, my. Get me uh, excited. Yes. I had I always said about the Titans. It, it, I love these. I don't know if Jim watches the CW. Really? What, what do you think I am? I don't know, comic <laughs> what do you think fan? I am? A, a child? Yeah, that's it. I'm a comic book fan. I try to explain that to people. I don't really like the shows or movies. But what I usually series. say now, because like you, you know, there's that one review for another podcast that it, it just it sticks with me. All these years. You ain't never watched the Aquaman movie? I'm not going to listen to this podcast because the one guy didn't watch the Aquaman movie. So what I say to, I just said it last night to somebody. So good, they're like, oh, you should watch this, this, and this. And I just say, it would shock you at the amount of movies I haven't seen. That's all I say. I never really spell it out. There's a lot of looking through binoculars and like heavy (laughs) breathing. And actually, I don't even know if that's in the movie now or just in my real life. It's kind of gone together. but. Yeah, yeah, we'll see her. I, I, I'm not even gonna. I don't. I'm afraid to say what I haven't seen. And actually, it's easier to say Everything. what I have seen. I did see the Snyder cut of the Justice League, right? Uh, yeah, it took me like seven weeks, and then I did a, a podcast on it. But other than that, not much at all. Not much at I just, all. The though. thing is, I watched two movies, like horror movies, last night that like came out like last year. I think like, maybe they both came out last year. But the idea is, I've been wanting to watch it for a while and realized they are finally on streaming, so I could finally watch them. Watched two of those. It probably took me three hours. I don't know if I'm actually going to find the time to have a four-hour sit down just to watch the Snyder Cut of the Justice League again. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I have a backlog of movies, uh, and really, everybody's like, "Hey, you see that Indiana Jones?" I'm like, "No, I haven't." Is Temple of Doom good, actually? That's my sure backlog. Is. It's so far back. <laughs> I don't know. I started arguing best. with started arguing with somebody about it. While I do love it, it people want to actually. It's like saying, like, "Hey, you like Led Zeppelin? What's your favorite song?" You don't want to say "Stairway to Heaven" because then you look like an asshole. So it's cool to say, "Oh, well, well I actually like, you know, Hot Dog." Hot, Hot Dog, the movie. Dog. No, the song. I know. In through, in through the outdoors, my thing. No, no, stop it. Stop trying to be cool. And just like what people like. Well, what's your favorite Beatles song? Well, actually, it's Revolution Number no, Nine. The Avant Garde. No, it's not. Nobody said that. Not even John. 
I, I think he's like, Yoko made me do it. That's what I think he said. Ah, <laughs> oh, nonsense, Eric, but still. Have been reading. It's also the idea. Me and you both love the second Bill and Ted movie. Sure do. Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey, it's good, but it's great I because hated it, when it wasn't came out. overplayed. And it, it did, it aged like fine wine. It oh my did, God, it did. I remember going to the theater and seeing it. I walked out pissed. I might so have even I. punched my friend Herb because we walked out and he's like, man, that was awesome. I, I might, I might have, but then again, if I, if we had a video podcast and we had a lot of production value, I would have a skit here of all the fucking movies that I walked out with, with Herb that he said were the best things ever, like Phantom Menace, best Star Wars ever, punch. <laughs> Everyone would end with me punching. I, that's when me, Herb and Rick, Lived in a house and we went and saw Phantom Menace. We get out and Herb goes, Man, that's going to go down as the best Star Wars movie. I berated him for probably five days straight of that was the word. Like, just went off and told him, Nobody will ever say. The hype is real, though. I'm telling you, I got a job at the movie theater just so I could see that movie for free when it came out in 1999. And the problem with that was, as I was working there, because I got the job ahead of time. So I made sure that I was like, you know, there when it was going to go down. Then the word came down. Lucas was not letting anybody see the movie for free, and even ushers couldn't spend more than like five minutes in a theater at a time. It was the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening You're like, right fuck now? That guy. That's why I got a job. And then I quit. Yeah, <laughs> you quit and couldn't afford to see it. Yeah, hey, I was poor it's kid. on you. I'm telling you, every every movie we came out. Ernest goes to camp. Best Ernest movie ever. I mean, everything well, that we came Ernest out goes of the to guy, jail, obviously. That, that is, was the first that one. Is true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I'm trying to think of the others like the the third Matrix movie. That's terrible. <laughs> Every movie that guy he could not ever not like a movie. That's why he likes horror movies, Eric. Because I'm telling you, the thing is, the guy should be online reviewing movies right now. Fucking make a killing. I actually at one point I because me and him occasionally would talk to each other. He would send me some uh, messages and stuff like that. And I would every time he messaged me, I'm the asshole. Just like, hey, how's that fan of Menace doing nowadays? What do you? And he always laughs, but me and, him were, me and him watched American Ninja in a uh-huh. one-year span probably a thousand times. It we, happens. we would just watch it every day. We'd come home from work, and we would, that would be how we would kind of wind down having that movie on. And our, our other roommate, Rick, would come in the room and, you're watching this again. <laughs> and we would just laugh. And I said to him at one point, I wanted him to do a Patreon show with me of all these movies. And he said he was going to, and then he ghosted me. He ghosted me. I get me. it. He didn't, didn't gaslight me, but he ghosted me, and I, I haven't heard from him since. Oh. I don't know. The funny thing, too, is my buddy Pete, we share the same birthday. And uh, on our birthday just a couple weeks ago, he did end up sending me a message, and he said, hey, happy birthday. How old are we? I actually realized I forgot that me and him shared a birthday. I thought he was playing some pronoun game with me. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, we? Like, what, what? And then I, oh, shit. That was like our big thing. That's how out of touch I am with my You're friends. Best friend. I am. I'm a terrible friend. It's like out of sight, out of mind. Or as they say in Italy, leaves us with this. So he actually goes on. Have been reading about one DC book a week since the spookiest month began. So no comic chat from me this week. So until Night Terrors ends, make my marvel. Ooh. Oh, wait, their books are terrible, too. So yeah. they have, I don't know, what is it? Night Boars? Is, is that Night Boars? That's, that's what we're coming up with? It's boring, Eric. That's all I'm saying. The I, night I, moves. I, could, I could say like Night Errors or something. I, I should do. I actually was still trying to work on that uh, Night Fever parody 
It's just I can't do that high falsetto in there, and it, it, you can't understand what I'm Where's saying. Where's my cranberry song? Well, well, we'll get that going. We have a song, a new song coming up after oh, yeah? this uh, Into the New Section. I think it'll make you smile. Good. It's not really throwing shade. Well, it is throwing shade, but it's funny shade. Uh, you know. Good. I like funny shade. It is kind of funny. I, and it's really based on your complaints, so I think you'll like it. Make mine vintage Grant Morrison, he says. Oh, the abyssals, would you? You would hate that, eh? I there know. is no way you'd be able to read that. The, the Marquis de Sade well, making people hard. into their, like, fuck toys. My well, no, that's just real that? life. Yeah. It sounded really dirty. As they say in that's Italy. Called history. See you later, alligator. From Andrew. The next After a while, crap it out. And the next deal is, well, that's what they say in Wales. Oh. J-Man's next. He Melbourne. says, hey, Jim. Oh, Melbourne. What's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? <laughs> Last week, we're <laughs> I thought you were going to forget to say. Told ya, comic books was bad. They was bad for you. Last week for DC, you told me I wasn't hitting those. I only also said that about my kids. Uh It's not appropriate. Last week for DC, I still stand by it. I only picked up Clown Maker. Last week for DC, I only picked up the Night Terrors Ravager book because I heard a rumor that it was the most important book. And it's true, right? No. I'm telling you, you're going to be so disappointed. just out of the, you know, just, just a prediction. With everything it's not else. even a prediction. Nothing's going to happen in that book. You're going to be so upset. You I wait know and see. that. Just you wait and see, Jim. I, I hope you're right. I am not a big dead man fan, and I'm a little tired of dreamed Elseworlds tales that you always get, get when somebody accidentally runs into Black Mercy plants. Is that like a factory? Or Pariah. So, or Pariah, or whatever. So I really have no interest in getting the main Night Terrors title. Maybe a smart move. This week, I decided to give a handful of Night Terrors books a try, though. He ended up getting a lot of tie-ins. And this is, again, that kind of goes What's back the to the person about the me. I want him to tell me what he thought about Ravager being the most important book. I think that he's trying to, you know, save your feelings. I ended up getting <laughs> Night Terrors issues for The Flash, Zatanna, Robin, Green Lantern, and Shazam. After reading all I'll these, get. I remembered what I hate about this whole nightmare concept. Me especially too. when it's done poorly. There are really no set rules. Well, that's mm-hmm. how nightmares work. It's so funny. You can play that, but also throw that Lazarus Range shit in. Everything's up for grabs. Uh, can the heroes use their powers consistently? Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. any of these nightmare worlds follow rules of any sort? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the best. When you're talking about an event, you should never go mm-hmm. about any sort of you know connective tissue. Are any of these scenarios truly scary? For the no. main characters in that particular maybe. issue. Yeah. The Tim Drake, maybe. That might well, be a little scary, right? Jordan seemed kind of scared when his daddy came out the coffin. Yes. Hell yeah. Yamaka went fucking right off the back of his head and he ran. Are there any page-turner surprises or unexpected fears of the characters that the creators are able to mine for a decent story? No. Do any events in, in an issue feel like it could lead to something interesting going forward? And that Ravager. character's regular ongoing post-Night Terrors. Actually, you say that. All I want is that this Night Terrors ends and we get no teeth fucking Tim Drake. We didn't even mention that. Fucking all his, his teeth, teeth are gone. Are I, I need that stuff. to end up. And then they turn to dust. And I'm like, what is he, me? What's up, gummy? <laughs> I need that. Then all of a sudden, he goes up to like eat a steak, and he can't because he's just gums. Were there any cool team ups you don't normally see that worked for the story? No. Mm-hmm. Sinestro well, teamed up with a bunch of Sinestros, right? Well, no, no, hold on. We got Bat- Dead Man and Batman's body teaming up with a zombie Wesley Dodds. Well, 
we're gonna get that in. That was just a cliffhanger, please, yeah, please. The answer to all those questions was a resounding no, with the exception of the awesome team up between Zatanna and Robot Man. Eric, we'll be yeah, talking about cool. that book uh, coming up. Now, again, that sounds cool. All of a sudden, you got the Rusty Knight. What the hell, how you doing, Rusty? <laughs> the next thing I, I and really, if you're gonna play this game, I needed him to get so scared he shit out nuts and bolts. There was a uh, number of things that the creators could have done to make their particular stories more effective. How about we have the main character briefly wake up at some point so that we may see the effects of the dream world on their physical state? You're going to have to wait till the end on that, and I don't think there'll be that much of repercussions. Again, there's supposed to just be nightmares, and I'll tell Jamin and reiterate what we've been saying. They didn't get any guidance. These things, for the most part, from what I was told, they were just told, do the basic nightmares and whatever and out. Never really told anything about it I do think that Dennis Culver Being a friend of Joshua Williamson May have gotten a little bit of a whisper down the lane He seemed to be a little more connected But the cool thing in the Nightmare on Elm Street series Was when you saw a character wake up From their nightmare screaming in a cold sweat With marks, bruises, or pain That reflects what happened to them In the dream world, Eric That's That's right I always wake up with my pants down in the quarter on my ass The only night tears KT KT well, there you go. I mean, I didn't really want to come out and say it, but possibly. Oh, I read there cool. anyone seemed to be concerned with what happens to the dreamer's body was the Zatanna issue where they spent a good deal of the issue moving Diana and Detective Tim's body to a safe location. And he is giving props to that issue because of that, but that was the issue that was set up to do that. You know, you can't really have Hal Jordan worrying about anything. He's in a nightmare. You can't and have that, all and like, like there's, And there's nobody around him to worry about it because he's in a plane somewhere where everybody else is asleep. Yeah, and yeah, and he can't do anything about him anyway. So it would have been nice, like the idea, if you had that, you know, that whole play of the vicinity deal, the proximity that you would have had that fiance and Carol in the dream with them. Maybe you could have seen him be a hero. That would have sucked. They didn't. They didn't play it that way anyway. Only Robin and Jason Todd. Doesn't make sense. I don't want any more of that stuff. Was Hal really challenged by any of his supposed nightmares? Well, we did point out, like I said, it does set up the idea: did he actually kill? Kilowog, and he had to fight out, realizing, wait a second, the Guardians are missing. This, you know, room was blown up, and Kilowog's dead. So what's going on? Why does Barry always have and to the, to the cosmic treadmill, never to be seen again, or time uh. travel, or some other sort of save the day, especially in some dream world? Mary Marvel's nightmare should really be her losing the ability to speak, either with sealing her mouth or cutting out her tongue. Eh, she's got more, like you know, pressing issues on her mind right now. Yeah. Barry's nightmare should be disappointing. Iris, yeah, he says, oh, wait, that happens all the time. Yeah, that's just waking world stuff. Barry's real nightmare should be his star pupil Wally turning evil and killing a bunch of people. Oh, wait, that's happened. Never mind. Both Tim and Jason's nightmare is too obvious. Barry's nightmare (laughs) should be losing his job because when was the last time you saw that guy go to work? Seriously, I think his nightmare is actually having to admit to Iris he lost it three years ago. I just keep waking up and leaving so she doesn't know. (laughs) It's like the idea that he wishes he could have the dream where he's in his underwear at work, but he can't because he doesn't have a job. Obvious that the creators focus too much on these characters, either being too late to save the day or being beaten up by hordes. But that's again, that's going to be a hero's nightmare. But it's still we don't need the same old shit. But hordes of their usual friends or evil doppelgangers of themselves. When does this event end? It ends at the end of August. So we have uh, quite some time. I mean, I'm just asking you just not even as a joke, but kind of like 
Doesn't it feel like we've been doing night terrors for long time? Two weeks. It feels like we're done the first month. I'm telling you, I feel like we're half over somehow. That, yeah. That and when I thought to myself, okay, I want to talk about and I said it at the beginning, hey, is anybody trying to figure out that and I thought to my maybe I won't bring it up yet because so early. you know we still have but in my mind when I first thought I'm like we're halfway done. We have like, dealt with so much shit though, but it's only been two weeks. But I'm saying we've dealt with so much shit but we haven't gleaned anything from it. <laughs> Nothing. Do you like gleaning a cube? Do you like no. that that skateboard movie? You no, I like do not. When does this event end? Like we said it ends at the end of August. Keep up the good work and I'll see you in seven. We actually end I think the event on episode like 499 or 500, we're right near that big uh, milestone. When it's 500 the beginning of September. Yeah. So, and I know we have a Patreon only ending of a, if you're, I guess I did count it out because there is a extra week Patreon only week in, uh, in August. August too. Yeah. Yes. But that's going to be like the night terrors shit just ended number one. I think that's what they called it. Keep up Here. the good work, and I'll see you in seven. J-Man from Half Moon Bay, and that's it Thank for you, J-Man. mail. Thanks, J-Man. Thanks, Andrew and Belfast. And again, if you want to mail in any sort of thoughts, dreams, nightmares, Eric, maybe <gasps> not, you, you want to have the nightmares? <gasps> the prime time, bitch. All you have to do to get the prime time, bitch, is to email us at weirdsciencedccomics.com. Oh, I said it great at the beginning, and then I forgot. All right, but that's that, everybody. That's the mail. We're going to go. We have three more books to finish the podcast. And boy, they're spooky. So we'll be right back. So spooky. Stupid backwards word magic. Hate it with all of my heart. Don't know where it ends. and can't tell where it starts. And it's tragic. It's a town of fence that gets groovy. But every time a writer uses it, they just lose me. Because backwards word magic makes me feel like a fool. I wish that all these writers would come up with some rules. For stupid backwards word magic. Short and sweet, just like me, Eric. Backwards word magic. You ended up telling me that I get to do the... It's a ton of credits because I love that backwards word oh, magic. Yeah, you speak so for of fans everywhere. I will speak for them in a minute when we get into this. But here we are with the second and last section of books. We have Zatanna Shazam and The Flash. Uh, I guess J-Man really loved the Zatanna book. It is a little bit different because it is taking place in the waking world. That Ooh, doesn't matter. Does it really matter, Eric? Because I mean, the idea shit hey, goes crazy out here. Rules, anyway. then maybe it will matter. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll finally figure out those rules. But we'll get right into this. And as you said, I'm the one to do the credits. So here we go, Eric. I am going to channel my magical self to give you these credits. Exactly. In this, you end up having a beginning. And those were the credits, Eric, if you want to play I'll that backwards. But here we go, because we do start with Red Tornado. He's looking in on all of the robots doing their saving stuff That's and everything at the Terrifics Tower as he's going through this and all of a sudden, oh no, what are we going to do? What's this? Ah, and he gets all upset. And then we end up going off to Satana, as we saw in the First Blood, where she did end up 
trying to save both Wonder Woman and Detective Shimp from falling asleep. But what we know is she made them shit their pants is what we talked about the last time. you're burying the lead right now, Jim, because we're getting to the Zatanna book with our cold opening with Red Tornado trying to coordinate everything with the robots that are still awake. Who do you think is this person that attacks Red Tornado? It doesn't matter. I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, I really don't. I, I don't know who it is. Who do you think it is? I don't know either, because I was thinking about it, too. Like, the idea he's going, there's all this interference over the comm links and stuff like that, until all of a sudden, there's interference. It's worse than that. It's like, what are you? No! Yeah, and like, yeah I don't it, know. it could be something big. And the thing I is, mean, are we going to have it, I, that Android streaming of it? Is, what happened if it's an electric sheep? <laughs> That's what it actually is. So like, okay, he did it there. He I started it, thinking but... to myself, though, at the one point where, like, I thought it was the sleepless queen, you know, the freaking... The goon squad of of insomnia for some reason that we have here, but they seem to be doing Wonder Woman stuff and Zatanna stuff and Detective Chimp stuff over at the Hall of Justice and not anywhere near the Terrific's Tower. It's actually uh, Mr. Terrific coming and telling him to get the hell out. (laughs) You're fired. Get out of here. Uh, But I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's even the mystery. I guess we're going to play with that as we go forward, but who knows? But again, the big play here with Zatanna, not actually using a lot of backwards word magic in this issue, but Enough to annoy me anyway, because I hate it all. But you do have that play. And J-Men said that it's nice to see somebody trying to save some people who fell asleep. That's that's fine. But that's just the way this was set up. She was able to not go asleep because of her magic. Maybe that'll tie in a little more as we go on. But we really start getting crazy from the beginning when we have the sleepless queen. You have know, no idea. Sleepless Queen. Like, um, what happened? Like, this was never set up. We had the Sleepless Nights. Okay. I thought we were just playing the game with the Knights with a K. That's, I didn't actually think there were going to be Knights in rusty armor going around with a Queen. And When we first started things out in first blood, it seemed like, you know, all Insomnia had were the spiders from Mars. And then all of a sudden, like, all the Doctors of Arkham became nightmare creatures. But over here at the Hall of Justice, we got a hooded horse skull man. And we got freaking the sleepless queen. We got a whole court of freaking nightmare assholes over here. Yeah. And again, though, when the backwards magic ends up coming into play, I don't mind the desperation play that you end up calling Bring out to whatever. Bring me a champion. You do get robot man. That's cool. And I do like that. Oh, uh, magic doesn't work. Combo. Yeah, really. I, again, though. This issue, and I hate to say it, but it really puts Zatanna in a way of looking like a bitch throughout most of it. Through most of it. And it was really upsetting me reading this whole thing because she was so upset that Robot Man was here because the Doom Patrol are just a joke and bullshit in everybody's eyes. And she keeps saying it to Quiff to his face. And I love these like, well, when I was in the seance that killed my father, you know, I ended up having this. And I'm like, Mento Mento being there. That's like me, like. All of a sudden, I get signed by the Yankees. I'm like, you know what? My dad never did like Lou Gehrig. So I, I don't it. like you, Derek Jeter. Like, it doesn't make sense. But she ends up really, it really made her look like a bitch. It really didn't. It was upsetting me as well. And then that's when I thought, oh, shit. She has the nightmare stone in her. That was the only time that I actually thought because she's acting weird. She's acting aggressive well, I, and I'm nasty. I think most people act weird around the Doom Patrol. Well, it, I don't know. She even seemed like like she called for this. This is her spell. She asked for a champion. She got Robot Man. I, I agree. He is a champion. He's a pretty good guy. And most of these people seem like they should know a little about each of them. But the, the play is to make them the odd couple, which is an odd play anyway. But you do end up where they go down to the secret room. They're going to this magic panic room to take uh, Detective Shimp and Wonder Woman. Again, I like some of the concepts here, and I really did like the art. 
But when they go in there and then you're getting chased by the, the nightmare queen and the night. It's, so, like, it's, mm. it's so funny, too, because like I said, you have a whole court of like queens and knights and mages, or wizards, whatever the hell these things are, these nightmare creatures that seem to be the lieutenants of insomnia for whatever reason. All right, we're in the we're in the basement of the Hall of Justice. We have to pull this book here. The sta- the bookcase opens to a secret like panic room, and we're going to bring the bodies down here. But once we're inside the secret panic room that's in the basement of the Hall of Justice, we go down to a sub basement where there's a gigantic labyrinth. Let me see there. Goddamn magic! It's goddamn magic. That's all it is. Because now we're just back to a labyrinth where look. If you're not like pure of heart, the hero and stuff like that, the laughing is going to screw you all up. We know where we need to go. So just keep the bodies coming and we're going to fight these things off. They make their way in. But the thing is, all that it like the sleepless queen keeps saying is like, you're magic king shit compared to ours. And I'm just sitting there wondering, what is your magic? Because all I found out from the freaking, from, uh, from Night Terrors number one is that Insomnia was just some dude got rained on with some Lazarus rain and then was walking around tiptoeing through the tulips and people's nightmares. Oh, he's got the, he's got the sleepless queen with magic. It is funny, and you even said it at the beginning of the podcast, the idea where, dude, you, you're already pretty powerful here. I mean, really, you you're kind of, stuff? It, it is one of the things, the hubris and the greed will bring him down, Eric. I mean, this guy is, is a heavy hitter already, but here's the play, and if you didn't understand my backwards word magic for the credits, this is Dennis Culver writing it, uh-huh. who does the Doom Patrol, which we ended up doing this week as well, earlier in the week. Now, in that, you're going to play these nightmares. Now, in my mind, like we were saying when we talked about his Doom Patrol and stuff, well, Doom Patrol, he seems to go between this idea of not really setting up characters, but them wanting to get these big moments from the past, but not really getting a good context with them. In this, he does it again where there's Cliff. Oh, no. What's happening, Josh? What do you mean? What What are these things? He's like, you killed us, Cliff. And I think there's two people. Who know what's going on there? I know that it's oh, with Josh a little and more. Dorothy. Yeah, with Josh and Dorothy. I mean, you're telling me that the, you the, have the set- waking. I'm saying we're not in the nightmare world, so like you can't have the normal. Nightmare, but even though we're in a freaking magical labyrinth, which is out of the ordinary, where nightmare constructs are made up of the zombified Josh and Dorothy from the Doom Patrol book, like. What's the difference between waking world and sleep at this point? I, I don't know. And it's the why did you, you know, how can why you let you us die? Just die Cliff? Why did we die? And again, half these characters have died in the past and then come back and all that. It's one of the things that Robot Man was actually bitching and moaning to himself about this week. But oh, yeah. the idea of this is I don't think that's going to hit with a lot of people. And I think that Dennis Dennis Culver has a weird idea of what he needs to set up, what he doesn't need to set up, and what he thinks is a big hit here. And it just kind of goes, and even like that you're saying, does not look at all like what the only nightmare construct that we really saw in the waking world, which was John D in the Justice League Hall, that kind of had a purplish kind of deal. It looked like a construct. This just looks like normal people that have been risen from the dead, and it gets the power and all the rules, I think. It's so funny, too, because... You have all these zombies attacking Cliff, blaming him for killing them or like allowing them to die, and all these Doom Patrol characters. When it comes to Zatanna facing her fear within these like you know nightmare contracts, it just goes back to the base of Daddy. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny too because she actually kind of does what we thought we wanted Jason Todd. Like, yeah, fuck this, you know, I've seen you before. Toss them aside, and yeah, but they're like zombified. I don't know. It's such a weird idea with everything that we have going on because with all the nightmare constructs within the waking world and the dream world, one of the biggest feelings that I get from this book, like with with, like besides for its basic premise, though, like, oh, we got to get this guy, got to get the nightmare stone. That's his whole gist. 
But when I see all of this, it just feels like a lot of the stuff that we had in The Blackest Night where all these characters that we know were dead came back with black lantern rings that are attacking their loved ones. That's what I'm getting here, but to a way lesser degree. Well, the funniest thing is you say that, and I had mentioned to you that uh, Gabe, in his review for the actual Night Terrors number one, he didn't quite get the idea of that Lazarus resin uh, there, and he actually thought that they were going back to dead men resurrecting people from the dead like a blackest night but in this it really feels like it even more i mean it really does feel like we're just playing that game again Uh, again though the idea you are getting something going that was scarier though yeah well because it was written well you end up having this and the idea of uh you know trying to protect wonder woman and detect at least it gives something going on there some stakes they, yeah, who ordered the steak, Eric? By the I end did. of this section, I'm telling you, this section's going to go quick because I think these books are pretty quick, especially this one where really they are just trying to get to the deal, save Wonder Woman and Detective Chimp, put them away, and then go back but and see I'm what they can you, do. We have a mission. Get these characters to the panic room and try to avoid all the nightmare contracts. And like, it just comes down to this where Cliff's like, we both clearly got a bunch of unresolved issues, but I don't think we're equipped to deal with them right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the idea where you do skew Satana in that bitchy realm just so that at the end they can high five. And oh my God, they came together in well, this. It's like, all right, I don't like you, Robot Man. I'm going to call you a piece of shit throughout this. But you know, you have a good idea when you said, we got a bunch of unresolved issues. Why don't we swap partners right now? Where just, you know, Robot Man beats the shit out of Giovanni just Zatara. The shit, and yeah. then Zatara takes out all the dead Doom Patrol members and Brotherhood of Evil members. Again, it's funny that they can allow. The other person to beat the shit out of the things that really aren't real anyway, but they couldn't do it because of their issue. I'm like, no, just do it. And they end up high-fiving. They do end up saving Wonder Woman and Detective Chimp, or at least putting them in this room so they won't be you know, destroyed. The The other play of this is, but, and it, it really is agree, bullshit, But the Sleepless right? Queen is there right there anyway, so what is the whole point of getting to the panic room? And even in that, there is that play where Cliff shows up, he starts getting shit-talked by Zatanna and then says, this is fine and dandy. You know, you see Wonder Woman, you're probably like, yeah, this is big time. I mean, they're oh, yeah. chimp, whatever. Hey, there's a monkey on the ground. <laughs> but he mentions, my team is back, you know, and there's nobody protecting them. Like, they're all just knocked out. Like, I got to get back to that. But then they kind of, eh, well, I'll help you now. And they go and do this. So I don't even know. Well, I guess they'll probably try to get. But at the end. I, I just imagine, though, the idea Cliff does have his apprehensions initially because, yes, we're trying to protect Wonder Woman and some monkey that he's never seen before. The Doom Patrol, nobody's protecting them. But then you think about, oh, wait, nobody gives a shit about the Doom Patrol. They'll be fine. <laughs> no. Let's protect Wonder Woman. It's funny. That's all I got. And it's funny because Dennis Culver doing the Doom Patrol book, like, he cares, but I don't think that money. It's still a team up. Like in these things, we've talked about it at different points. It's cool when you get these unlikely pairs. Oh, yeah. So it's it is cool. like you, great. you would never get this. So that's cool. It's just that nothing really happens in the issue Until the to end. just get to the end again. And that's, we said about the pacing of a two issue thing. That's the worst because remember, at some point, we're going to have that little. Okay, we're out of the dream, the ramifications, maybe fight the way. So that's a part of the next. So you really never get anything for the actual meat of the story that you're setting up in the first issue anyway. So by the end of this, though, you have this nightmare queen, and then she's just Sleepless like, oh, queen. And it's funny, runs through Cliff, and then he's like, man. ha ha, I'm a robot, you can't hurt me. Oh, I'm not trying to hurt you, I'm trying to knight you. Oh, here he is, the rust bringer. I'm like, oh, it's so this funny is like too, the worst because- of the dark multiverse coming back here. 
I, I swear, I, uh, no, I agree. That's pretty fucking bad. But when Robot Man's like, ha ha, I got a robot body and a human brain. What do you expect to do? I'm like, don't tell her where you're vulnerable, dummy. I know. <laughs> but it doesn't matter either because I'm not murdering you. I'm knighting you. And then he becomes this nightmare monstrosity robot man called the Rust Bringer, part of the, the nightmare nights or the sleepless nights. What the hell is she called? That? The sleepless nights. The order of the sleepless nights. I'm like, with a K, obviously. I'm like, with the nap. What's happening? What's happening in the story? Where did these characters come from? The Rustbringer. And this is with, in the waking the magic world. Outside of the nightmares. And again, I, I can only think that this is the play of the. Oh, you kind I, of I don't know. For I you. guess the idea of Fred Tornado and, and the idea because that. I just. I don't get it. Oh, Comic books was He's the Rustbringer now. So but- now, Jim. He has been knighted, the Rustbringer, the Order of the Sleepless Nights, and because he has been given this power to become this nightmare construct monstrosity, he now has the power to go hunt down Zatanna and turn her into a sleepless night as well. Really? Can you? Because it looks like she's just changing mechanical shit into the road. I don't know. The, the idea of this, too, is as they're going... And now his brain's exposed, because the freaking top of his head turned into a crown. Some of the classic, like, Dennis Culver stuff, at one point, he, he tells this joke, kind of, it's like, Hey, this is great. We're a great team up. We'll call ourselves Hex and Violence. Violence. I'm like, what? I actually like that name. It's pretty cool. Hex and Violence? Oh, yeah. It doesn't even, doesn't even rhyme or even go well. It's, 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 it's Sex it's and Violence. Terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's awful. Uh, and it even then, it's, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. And even then, he can't even say it because he gets run through. Hex and uh, Violence, I thought was really yeah. cool. Oh, I like, thought that was this. fucking so stupid that it made me now want to punch you. In your fucking face. It's just because you right didn't now. get it until now. No, I'm telling you, it just, I'm like, it doesn't make sense to the characters so or what violence. happened. But why do that with Robot Man and Satan? It doesn't make sense in the story. Make it funny that it actually connects to it. It he, doesn't. She's magic and he punches thing. things. Yeah, but the play of the sex and violence is not even anything that you would think of as you're going through this. It's just stupid. It's terrible. Uh, but at the end, he's also Rust Bringer. So now he's sex and rust. Mm, I don't know. Perfect, Jim. Way better. And then you get next. <laughs> you know, yeah, you get bore. What you get? <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck this shit. Uh, J-Man might get t- upset, but this issue sucked. There, there was nothing to it. Well, the you thing didn't is, do shit. If I understood the rules, there might be actually something to this because Hex all of a sudden violence. we have... We have a court of the sleepless you, nights. And, kill you. Look, don't. I'm sorry that you're a dummy. If you could get, if you understood no, the time, no, I actually have like a sense tell. of humor. I would like to think I'm like I, that's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Pretty good. If we had something that was like you know some Rust rock star or something, you know <laughs> something like would go with the sex rock and violence. Star, obviously, this doesn't really go with sex and violence to me. I don't know. Sex and violence. Yeah, it just no doesn't work. It's for a me. play on the phrase sex and violence. Yeah, but that that phrase doesn't fit the story or the team. That's what but I'm saying. But the hex of violence does. No, I'm saying it doesn't. It that doesn't go with the team. It's just making up Magic a play on violence. words that doesn't go into it. You didn't need to make up shit. No, you but it's fun. You fuck you and this book. Both of you. You and Dennis Colbert, go fuck yourselves right now. <laughs> ah, you're my fucking nightmare. Well, what were you saying? Thing is, I think the art in this looks great. And I, I think that the, the team up is Zatanna and Robot Man. It's an unlikely pairing that I actually love seeing because you don't get to see like a lot. Like whenever you have these things brought up like this, it's really cool. And I don't think it was actually done too bad once we got past Zatanna saying like, you are a piece of shit, Robot Man. I don't even want to like team up with you. Once we got past her doing all of that, I think it's like really started working out. It's just all these other things with the Court of the Sleepless Nights. 
I wish this would have been set up in like the first blood or maybe night terrors or blood. It just feels like it's so out of nowhere right here. I'm like, what are we dealing with? And I'm like, it's like one of the long the lines of like, I want to like this issue for what it's doing because it's, it's weird and out there. And like, you know, it could actually have some ramifications to all of our freaking waking like your know, heroes right now and what they're trying to do to protect people. But it's just so out of nowhere. I don't even know how to feel about it. So ultimately because of how it looks and I thought the fun I had at the end and even the, the cliffhanger I thought was cool with the rust bringer, even though it's, I, I don't get it, but it still looks cool and I want to see how it's going to play out. And hopefully it has some ramifications. But I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Uh, um. <laughs> I, I'm desperately trying to come up with something better, and I can't. So I should uh, nuts and volts. Eric, does that work? You like yeah, them? Yeah, because you nuts, know electric guitar. Nuts and volts. She does a little electric powers, right? Yeah, uh, does backwards she? magic. Is, is that good? Magic. <laughs> magic. I don't know. I I thought it was stupid, but then again, you know, maybe it's a vendetta. But I'm giving this fuck you five. I hated every part of it. It it just ends up it's the one waking world issue, and you're you're making up fucking nonsense. so far. Yeah, well, I'm saying the one that we got so far that's yeah. supposed to, you know, I'm going with the idea of setting up rules here, and it's just a, a fucking mishmash of nonsense. You got what look like zombies that are rising. You end up getting the brush deal. At the, I, I don't. It, the court of the sleepless nights. Just the idea of the, the this queen out of nowhere, like nothing was set up with that. So it's just bullshit. I'll just give it a regular five. I thought the art was pretty damn good, but it's really good, especially the colors popping off the page when Robot Man shows up with that bright white jacket. He looks amazing. Yeah, but again, you're in the nightmares because that's you know the nightmares. Then you're yeah, you the waking world. Oh man, it's a nightmare. There's there's no difference. What are we doing? And and who is like? Where are they getting this idea of getting, like, you know, characters that were, say, Zatanna's dad and right. Cliff with the – who's doing that to even know about it when they're just in the waking world? It doesn't make and not, sense. not tiptoeing through their minds? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It, it just is but there the to be is, there. You don't know the powers of the Order of the Sleepless Nights. Right. Well, they, I they, don't know they that. They can read your mind right there in the waking worlds because they said too. Well – the reason I don't is because I have my mind always on the hex and <laughs> I would. <laughs> I know you, but you're a juggalo. So, so we know what's going on with you. You know what? Also, I was just thinking out of nowhere. Have you noticed when you go to buy bread, Eric, this goes in with the hex and violence. I did, t- I did earlier today. And does it annoy you where they try to dupe you because the, some of the bread, it looks like it's like warm in the bread because the, the uh, actual like the uh the cellophane has like a misty look of it but it's because it, it, i always buy the same bread so i never have that they do that now and it's it's becoming bigger and bigger because they've like done tests and it actually tricks your mind to think that it's fresher because it looks like it's steaming oh, I, just, I think i think it's stroman bread i buy it's the king size one hex and violence eric that's what so ends up. what was that i heard some did you hear that sound there was a no. weird sound that actually sounded like like an old atari 2600 like when the explosion from like combat i didn't hear anything yeah i wonder if it'll come up there but let's move on to the next book eric i'm losing it here let's go to the next book which is night terrors the flash number one a book that i fell asleep reading written by (laughs) alex Pacnadal, art by daniel bayless igor monty Monty, and simon bolin and yeah, you're gonna. This is a Barry book, and we're gonna get a lot of the the Flash family and Barry. But again, I was a little upset for the idea of a Barry Allen being the like the main Flash of the Night Terrors tie and stuff like that. But once we got it, I was like, I was actually kind of happy about it because we don't get a lot of Barry anymore, even though I am a Wally guy. Yeah, I uh, was bored shitless through this whole issue. Pretty much hated every page. This is gonna be kind of a theme as we end up this podcast. Uh, when even going through it now. 
It's so overly narrated. Yeah, oh, I thought it was a slog to get through, even though, you know, a book like The Flash should go pretty quick, right? Pretty fast. And you get a basic idea and just end up, you know, spending a lot of time just slogging around with it. The idea that Wally has been hurt, young Wally, and he was hurt because he went against Gorilla Grodd without I, really I, being I, I ready. I like a lot of the stuff for the nightmare aspect where Barry Allen's face, because he doesn't know he's in a nightmare. As far as he knows that Wally was hurt when Wally is still Kid Flash, again, going up against Gorilla Grodd, who has the Spear of Destiny. And as Wally is laying there dying in the hospital, he's talking about there was some, the reason that he wasn't fast enough to take out Gorilla Grodd is because there was a monster in the lightning. He saw something that's like this overarching mystery. But as Barry is trying to be all Mr. Forensics about it and to like, you know, detect the shit about like, you know, break everything down about what went wrong and how he's supposed to do this on top of doing normal flash stuff. Like, okay, I can't fix this the normal way. I'm going to have to rebuild the, uh, the cosmic treadmill. Everything that we have, every step of the way plays out so perfectly in my mind as a, as a dream's nightmare because we keep just jumping from one place to another and things aren't making sense even to Barry at times. But sometimes he just goes with it because it is a dream and how you would actually react to something in a dream. I think than that, first off. But I actually, we talked about it. I said the same thing with Hal, where he was opening up a new door and going into the next thing. This ended up, though, it just was slugging at the end. I kind of was upset because by the end, I actually thought it was going to be that he was the, horror show that was in and it was like that perpetual thing going where he tried to save wally but because he's being ripped apart by the speed force and going back in time that he was actually going to be that monster that distracted what but it's not he ends up saying wally did you see it in the lightning and i thought that was a misplay i thought it would have been a kind of cool deal that he was the one like a self-fulfilling prophecy as he went i don't know how you continue from that but i ended up where you know you, you get the same thing he goes to take the cosmic treadmill he's going to go back in time uh the things with Hal when he goes to the watchtower that was crazy enough but that was so crazy like e- even I when how coming- though this should be him breaking out of it he's a smart guy he he's a detective well, even the and- idea like like the idea that like when you're in a dream you just go with things most of the time like it, it is what it is and you just move along because you have yeah, but one i don't set know of, what like, these mind. heroes said the motherfucker was just trapped by pariah in the same goddamn thing two weeks ago at some point, you got to realize that these things happen to and you. And he went with that as well. don't look well. It just ends up where he's like, I don't know. i got to stop this. And it just, everything to me felt like you were just extending this one little story of Wally not being ready to fight Gorilla Grodd. And everything else to me was just boring filler. I just, I was so bored It's such a weird idea issue. because everybody hated that future state flash where it was in the future where it was like the flash without his powers and he was doing all this different stuff because it wasn't just like a Barry Allen story. Like he was doing all of these weird things with the, the rogues equipment that get things done where Wally is that like, yeah, remember it was like that amalgam and shit. And- it was just so out of the ordinary for everything else that we're getting in future state. It actually really just like, I grabbed a hold of it because I'm like, this seems fresh and new, even though it's like one of those two issue things that doesn't fucking matter, just like these things. But I'm like, that was the one I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of cool and different. And I feel the same way about this because it actually is doing a narrative for something within Barry Stream. Like it might like, you know, turn things around where he wakes like, you know, up in the second issue because he realizes things aren't working out. But just the way it plays out for the narrative within Barry's dream, how we just go from jumping from one point to the other, even people just showing up and saying weird things where he doesn't understand, but just goes with it. Like that guy outside of the hospital, he comes back to talk to Iris. Yeah, that guy is just sitting there talking about long, Sarah. Bro. And it's just so weird. And, and like, it almost felt like, you know, those Buffy episodes, that, that one on Buffy episode where everybody was having those weird dreams and like just jumping from scene to scene and people were just coming out like saying weird things for no reason. But you just go on because that's what the dream is. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, like, to me, you, you see Wally, and then he goes up, and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go." 
the grot he talks to grot for like three four pages and it's just they keep just doing the same thing barry beats the ever-loving shit out of him which is not a barry thing to do but again it's that that's i think this is the one issue though in this where i sat there and thought well it's it's a nightmare it doesn't matter i mean he's beating up grod but this is just in his nightmare so there's no real ramifications or any sort of thing with it so there he goes he does it and then breaks out like oh my god i was upset and it just I, i'm telling the you weird the whole part about it at is, the end i just was bored well i'm not, I'm not gonna say like you know or rab- i'm not gonna ravager the shit out of the saying this is the most important book at dc comics during night terrors but for some reason because of the connection to the speed force and the idea that this entire story is revolved around barry trying to figure out what this monster wally saw within the lightning when he was running towards gorilla grot when Barry goes back in time to the point where Wally was hurt and he see, and like, you know, he sees why Wally wasn't fast enough because of that thing and the, and the, the monster in the lighting and Barry sees it. We can't make out really what it is, but you see this thing within the lightning surrounding Barry. It almost looks like it's tearing him apart as he's running to catch up with well, it. Well, he says the whole thing is tearing him apart because it's trying to fight against him going exactly. back in time. But And like you have this, but like that's like a more of a... um. You know, like, almost like a speed force, like the time itself trying to reject Barry because that's not like he shouldn't Again, be using his powers nightmare. that way. So I think that in his mind, he's making this up because of the idea that he shouldn't time travel because, anymore. And, and, he, and he shouldn't. He totally shouldn't because it, it'll fucking ruin everything as we've seen through Flashpoint. And if you have the speed force, you shouldn't be doing this negative speed force. Oh, you can get along. You can get away with that. No problem. Reverse Flash does it all the time. <laughs> he'll destroy your goddamn life from the get go. But I want to think. I would hope, actually, because this is a very out-of-the-box kind of story compared to everything else we're getting, where it's just like, you know, the the greatest hits of all these characters' worst moments. This is an actual story going on here, and I want to think, because of the connection to the Speed Force and how things work, that there actually might be something going on outside of Insomnia, that there is something wrong with the Speed Force, with what's going on here, because of this monster that's supposedly in the lightning. I can't say for sure that's going to be the case. There's no way. I just know that this feels like more interesting than other stories, because it's actually doing something different. Well, here's the thing. Number one, we're not going to have a Barry book after this. Number two, mm-hmm. Alex Pacnadal isn't writing shit. So why would he set up anything for somebody else? And there's no Barry book anyway. So I, I don't think it means anything. I think it's well, all in his no mind. There's no Ravager Deathstroke book right now, but I still, still think that Ravager could be setting stuff up. There's a Stormwatch book that we're having. I agree. Raven the Bolt. That's the book, and it's written by the guy writing that. Well, and I get you. Having something I just don't know how here. that goes into something else, though, because that's six issues, right? No, no, it, it, they, I don't even think they've actually announced how long that is yet. It's just an ongoing in that book so far. I, I, that's as far as I can tell, but it's not six issues out in the solicits yet for that anyway. So we'll have to see. But even then, that can go on. But we don't have a Barry book, and we're going to get back to, you know, a actual Flash book coming up in September. And I, I don't know that this is setting up anything with the Speed Force. I, I just think that it's just nightmares, and that's the problem. There's a couple things in here that could be pretty cool as well, because out of nowhere, Dr. Fate is even in this book trying to help Wally and Kent. The big thing coming out of this whole event is the introduction of Dr. Hate, a bad version of Dr. Fate that's going to be grabbed by Amanda Waller. So if this was actually (laughs) being done. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when I hear Dr. Hate, I think of Dr. Hurt. And then I but when somebody pointed out, no, 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 we actually had the character mentioned and the actual, you know, helm. And that's what we're going to get. And I wish that this was actually being done in the waking world so that we could have some things that could mean something. But in this, you know, you're just playing nightmares, I think. And by the end, we'll just end up having nonsense. And he'll see. I'm telling you, you're going to end up with the wackiest thing in that speed force. It's like it's you. 
you're the bad <laughs> guy. You know, I'm telling you, uh, it just it bored me. And that's that. But I, I just like to see good. the little things that are off. And then Barry's realizing things are off, but he still goes with it. Like even going to the Justice League Watchtower in space. We haven't had a Watchtower in a while. And then when Hal's on monitor duty, because the way he's talking about how when he did a like um final night when he was paralyzed, he absorbed that sun eater. And now he's all like, you know, brought back, but he's all burnt up almost like he looks like negative man without his bandage and stuff like that. So the Justice League keeps him on monitor duty because nobody wanna look, wants to look at this horrific Green Lantern. I'm like, but they're still buddies. It's still Barry and it's still Hal and they're still the brave and the bold. So Hal is going to help him out and still going to be fine, even though he looks like a monstrosity here. He does. And he sends the boxing glove. There you go. I actually thought it was going to be, be Green Arrow when he first said boxing glove, but then you end up just a construct. So all in all, though, what would you give this? All in all, I had fun with this story, and I thought it was different now of the box from anything else. We're going to get night tears right now, and I think the art's great, but again, most likely inconsequential for everything we're getting, but it just seemed like a competent story, so I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 3. Eh, I'll give it a 4. I, I fell asleep reading it. I mean, that's the best thing or worst thing I can say. I was reading this in the middle of the afternoon and fell the fuck asleep because I was so bored. I wasn't. I, was, I read everything else, and I was fine, and then I hit that halfway through. I fell asleep. And just bored me. I thought it was uh, just a basic story that has a little bit of like window dressing that it's a nightmare. So it doesn't matter anyway. So we'll see. But I I didn't like it at all. But we'll end with the uh, last issue here. What are we talking about, Eric? Night Terror Shazam! Number one, written by Mark Wade with art by Roger Cruz, Wellington Diaz, Arif Prianto, and Troy Pateri. And it's such a weird idea because we have Mark Wade doing the main Shazam book. So it, it was good to see his name on here. But having a Mary Marvel book, for some reason, I like Mary being featured, especially now that she has her own set of powers from the goddesses and stuff like that. She is her own character outside of being, you know, Shazam White to a degree. And she also even gets her original name, which is great. It just threw me off the idea. It's Night Terror Shazam, and we get Mary Marvel. I'm like, all right, I guess we could deal with that. But ultimately, it's Mary Marvel falling asleep because of Night Terror stuff going on. And even that, it's not even because of Night Terror stuff, because Mary Marvel, with the wisdom of Minerva, being a part of her powers, it's showing, giving her a little like precognition where she's realizing things are about to happen because of this. So you're even getting a little bit of expanse on how her powers work beyond the, like, you know, a normal wisdom of Solomon. But where does that put us in her story? Because she is having pre nightmares before night terrors. And it's not bad because I, I want to say that Mary Marvel at this point in time is almost a lot like, you know, let's say modern day Shazam, we like we're Marvel family, like, you know, fans. Where they don't understand the place for Pedro, Eugene, Darla, or uh, am I missing anybody? No, I think that's it. They don't understand the place of them right now and where they're going to be for like, you know, even Freddy. Like, you know, we have Mary Marvel, we have Captain Marvel back, just called the Captain, but pretty much you have Captain Marvel back. And where does this new 52 version of the Shazam League, like, where do they fit in? Are they ever going to get powers? And I feel like Mary's almost like a version of us wondering the whole thing because this entire issue is about the idea that. They're not going to be around. They're going to be killed off because they're insignificant and Mary's not going to be able to save them. And is it like, you know, and I'm, maybe it's me just reading way too much into it because when, when you start just like murdering all of the like the wayward kids out, like who don't have powers anymore, I'm like, like, is this just trying to tell us that we got to get over this and Mary has to figure out like, you know, maybe they don't belong in the family. I don't, it's, it's, it's such a weird idea. Like, you know, what you're throwing out here because it's like, I mean, maybe I wanna, she just feels guilty that she got those powers. And like you said, the idea of, they're gonna and then you could even go even a little more with the idea of okay me being a shazam and then billy we're gonna end up getting them killed even if the idea of them being inconsequential but even here where she's 
So Shazam well, especially when up you, the house, right? Even I mean, when you have a Freddy who wants to do this no matter what, he's going to go to all these great lengths to get the power back because he doesn't want to be who he is. That's where I was thinking. Also, the idea, like, kind of the the meta thing where, okay, there's our home. It's in the middle of a desert because with the kids not having powers, it's really a desert of – there's nothing to do with them. Yeah, and so I like spell. that. Then in this, though, when Billy shows up and the Black Adam stuff and also when – he knows all oh, the Minerva's like they're they're talking about the powers and things like that. And then when Freddie kind of just materialized, I'm like, you talked about we talked about the idea of maybe Freddie becoming bad even. And then right. I really thought, like, is Freddie going to get to the point where he says, OK, well, you have these goddesses that gave Mary the power. Like what other sort of. You know, gods could I go to, could, or demons, or things like that. And well, I think that I Freddy have would go Freddy that to far. fucking go to Neron and sell his soul well, for powers. And that, like, and I was even going to say, it'd be almost like a, a, a Mephisto, but Neron is is definitely the deal. But then I thought, boy, they really it, it sucks that they fuck around with Black Adam so much that we don't even know what the fuck's happening with Black Adam because I would love Freddy go to him and say, listen, I know you know we're not really tight Black or Adam anything, family? but. Can I be part like I'm or Black Adam seeing what's going on and saying, well, fuck this. Like I can get back at them. And, but he's a hero now. Like it doesn't work. But at one point it could have been cool where suddenly you have Darla, Eugene, Pedro and Freddie are part of the Black Adam family. And, the you know, just because they want powers and say you didn't do anything for us. And I think you're leading somewhere. But I do think a Neuron type of thing or somehow where Freddie starts to investigate the occult. He's going to look into well, different We saw him in the last issue pantheons. of, of uh, uh, the Shazam book where he went to the Rock of Eternity to try to find something there magical to freaking yeah, and juice him up a little too much, right? He ended yeah. up hearing them talk. But at one point, maybe they'll even play that game of listening, you know, Bill, like even play, you know, and use him, dupe him even. Like, yeah, Billy's nuts because they're mad at Billy. They think that he's used the powers without any sort of thing. And maybe they're like, we'll pick you as a well, Mary's jealous as well. I mean, they're jealous of Mary as well because the, the gods chose her over everybody else as well. Like, you know, they're constantly being left behind. And they keep thinking that both of them aren't willing to share the idea of, you know, and I love, I mean, it's cute with like Darla, like, you think you have a headache because you're not sharing the pellets. You keep trying to <laughs> say it, and it's kind of cute. But overall, Freddy's the one that really shows, like, he, he's getting desperate. And he, he said it, and it was so great when he said, like, everybody else, they're just regular kids now. But look at me. You yeah, know, I don't think I, Pedro I, cares. Even Eugene. I don't think Eugene really cares either. All you have to do to Pedro is have that dinosaur show him a little lifting technique, and he's in. You know, and I think that Darla would be the one that might get her smarts involved with her and Freddie doing some things because Freddie definitely, you know, really wants to have oh, yeah. the power back so he can be. He what wants he to be would Captain consider. Marvel Jr. once again. CM three. Yeah, yeah. And again, though, I, I while I was reading this, not that it had a lot to do with it, but that play of, you know, them being inconsequential, them trying. It really did make me wonder, like, are we going to go forward with them? You know, trying so hard and maybe, like you said, a Neuron or teaming up with some things. But in this, you do have, like, Billy's there as Black Adam. And it really does play out, again, like a dream at points here. Like, they get in the cab and it's a stretch cab with, like, a pool Well, that's the thing is, too, because, like, I like this book enough. I just Some of the progression felt weird to me. Like, even when Billy showed up, you know, you have the house in the middle of the desert. You need water because the house is on fire, but you're in the middle of the desert, so there's no water to put out the fire. And you have this all these, like, you know, nightmare scenarios just because... That's what it is. But when Billy shows up and he looks like Black Adam, like I thought it was Black Adam at first because why wouldn't I? Because he's dressed, he looks exactly like Black Adam. But, but he's like, 
oh, Billy and stuff like that. Even at the, at one point though, when like, you know, it seems like she woke up because she keeps saying Shazam in her dreams, right? So she keeps striking lightning down and stuff like that while she's sleeping because she's talking in her sleep. But and you see it go from a progression of like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way to Friday. But when she wakes up on Friday, she's still in the dream. So was all that other stuff where she was doing this, is this still all part of the same dream? Yeah, we'll or did we actually go through days? Because I think we went through days, but she's this so is still pre-night terrors. And even Insomni's like, look, it seems like you've got some clairvoyance with the wisdom of Minerva over there. I'm like, so what are we doing? Like, what happens when, to Mary when night terrors actually starts? Why can't we have two Shazam books going on at this point where this is the pre-night terrors and then we actually get Billy for an actual night terrors, like a uh, like dream state or something. Yeah, it's like, weird because when she's doing that, I think she is in the night terrors, but she's able to wake up by using the power and then goes back in and out and in and out. Because but this of, is I before mean, night terrors because of the clairvoyance. You know, at one point, though, the house is in the middle of a... a you know, a desert blowing up. Yeah. That's not real. That's night terrors. And then later is when she gets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yet. But at that point, she's in night terrors. No, I'm saying though, she, she's she's having nightmares and stuff like that. Even Insomnia is there driving the cab, but he even talks about the idea where I think you have some clairvoyance, like this hasn't happened yet, but you're like, yo, she's precogging the idea that this is about to happen because of her power set. Yeah, I got the idea that all that was, she could have been drifting into it as well, and then she, I don't know, because do we ever even see, we never really get the idea of when that, that mist never comes. I actually thought that in that, that was even Night Terrors before that, that she was just able, once you say Shazam, you're able, that's like a thing that she was able to figure out kind of subconsciously. That if you say Shazam in that, the power gets you out of the night tears, and that'll be how she'll win the day later. I don't know. But we'll have to see, because even at the point, like, again, I don't know. Because it just felt like the whole time it was in that. But and the thing is, and maybe it is in the Nightmare Wave, because even when Insomnia, before he shows his, like, you know, Freddy Krueger, like, he gives up his disguise and shows who he is when he's the cabbie driving them. It's like, uh, where does he go here? I know everything. About the nightmare wave pulling all who dream into the realm, the nightmare stone, the most le- most lethal, most precious of the dream stones, the dark nightmare, the terror titans, the man of screams. And if you remember how we had that like uh, Superman like next to the man of screams, so I'm guessing that's going to jump in some. It's like, what are you talking about? I can only parrot what you already know. This is your dream, but you understand more than you realize. Maybe your wisdom comes with a small measure of clairvoyance. Who are you? It's like, oh, who do you think? So when they talk about the idea of a small measure of clairvoyance, I wanted to go with the idea that this hasn't happened yet, but it's on the precursor of night terrors. Yeah, I thought that it was just that she was able to get out of those nightmares, even though they're, well, then again, like she wakes up, like again, Monday, Shazam, exactly. you know, boom. And then like, that, I find it, this, this progression a little bit confusing, though. Like, again, it, is she waking up then? And what, because on Friday... You know, and even before those those other days, shit's going wrong, and I, I think that it's the idea that she kind of knew something was wrong and is waking up out of it. I don't know because when she and, gets and the, then there the is no regular world. I'm te- there's no regular world. Like at, at a point, she when she wakes up, she wakes up in a nightmare. Still, that I don't know, it got a little confusing. I think That's she's right. been in the night terrors the whole time. She just knows that something's wrong. I mean, at okay. one point, they're they're serving up. You know, bugs and shit. It looks like, well, you know, just, they're just Indiana seems like, Jones shit. And then there's bug oh, no. guy. And- uh, Barry's deep into his investigation on her, who hurt Wally. I like, you know, how Gorilla Grodd hurt Wally and what's in the freaking lightning, what monster. But a lot of our heroes, it seems like they're figuring out shit's not real within their dreams. So like, you know, they're trying to fight back. And it just it seems like this should be something more because of her power set. Like even Insomni saying how her power set works, and explaining a few things. 
it just felt like it should be mean more than like how anybody else is dealing with the nightmares. Yeah, and again, we did start out and set this up of, you know, Mary running herself ragged and trying to end up, and she does pass out there, but it's weird. I wish that we did have the, you know, the mist or whatever it was, that nightmare, nightmare purple wave. mist. We never really get the wave in this, so you could go with the idea. I just thought that when she says, you know, I don't know, like she realizes something's not right and she might be able to figure it out, but at the end, either way, He's saying, hey, you're pretty smart. And, hey, look at me. I'm the insomnia. I'm telling you, though, when we start this whole thing out with Mary Marvel punching out Zavam, I'm like, this motherfucker should have been in the Revenge of the Gods story with Billy Batson and Wonder Woman because this was this was a being that was created by Clay by the gods to take on Superman because the gods were thinking that he was getting too high and mighty. I'm like, this, this, is so, this character should have been brought back for it. All we have here is like, Mary Marvel give an uppercut. Okay, he's done. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm looking, I'm like, when she falls asleep, and, you know, then she wakes up, and she's sleeping on the deal, you could say, like you said, is this just a normal, it's a weird thing to play, like, the idea of, oh, this is just a normal nightmare, not the night tears, I'm like, hmm. Who knows? And again, it's weird because eventually it it leads to her, you know, going back and like, you know, within the nightmare and being attacked by Billy Batson, who's like the all black Adam up here, where every time he says the word, instead of giving his powers to the rest of his family, it strikes them with lightning and destroys them. And eventually Mary's trying to stop this by saying the word. But every time she tries to say it, all this goo keeps coming out of her mouth where she can't finish the word Shazam. And the issue ends in a really really sinister kind of way where black adam billy bassett leans up to her and he's about to say shazam right at her because everybody else around her is dead and this just means like the idea she's gonna be zapped next and killed i'm like but if you die in the dreams you die in yeah. real lives I, I even like you get that classic and we, we laugh and again this is a little more than just the big hits the classic hits but i do love the idea where come on hit me mary hit me and we have to play we always laugh about it when he ends up turning back to Billy so that you don't hit a little kid. And he's like, you lucky you stopped. You would have killed me. And it's kind of a fun little play. But again, that's where, where, again, I thought that, I don't know, the whole idea of night terrors, nightmares, or regular nightmares, either or, she does have some issues here. And, you know, is afraid that the rest of the family is in big trouble without their powers. And, but she can't really do well, anything even, And about even the it. idea, because she feels like she has to protect them because she has had to. She had to put her life on hold, and then she had to put her life on hold again because of the powers. So she's really in a tough spot. So you have some decent stuff to play with. But I don't know if it's really utilized as, as well as it could be with just an evil Billy Bassett dressed up like Black Adam here, killing off the family. And then I have to think, well, is this more of a a existential look about how the family is put, like viewed through the fans and us not realizing where their place is and Mary not realizing that as well. Like, are they going that deep or am I just an asshole who's trying to find more in this nightmare story? Yeah, and again, when you end up having a, you know, we like Mary, as you said, but when you end up having a deal where in it a nightmare is Billy Batson as Black, you, you want to look a little more into it. You want to say, okay, and that's cool. But over, again, it's, it's the thing that I keep having problems with, with these times, like at the end, you're either left wondering, is this going to matter? Or you're just like, eh, this won't matter. I hope that this would be something, but who knows? I, I, I mean, at least it'll be Mary kind of, hey, I got to do something. I don't know. I just imagine, again, the thing that interests me is not even in this book, is the idea of Freddy 
desperately wanting those powers and what he'll go about to do it, which might have been a. And cool I'm sure we'll get back to this. that too when we get oh, back yeah, to we'll the actual right, Shazam. We'll book. be right to that. Well, because you know, Freddie got captured, so we'll when, see how that. Once plays Billy out. takes out the guys trying to take their powers back, we'll get right back to Freddie wanting them powers. Yeah, I actually think that it'll be right involved with it. I think that that's going to be in play with the. You know, they might do them or something like I said, but maybe we'll have to see. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I had fun with this issue. I think the pro- the pro- progression, though, and the way the story was told, I found a lot of it confusing in how it's working out. I'm telling you, I had my own preconceived notions about what it means. Both and then once you said that, it blew my mind, and I have to kind of go through that. I and mean, that's what we're so, talking. I'm like, maybe it is that. So that's again, weird that we we're, both we're, had different ideas. We're just at the point of like a lot of people online talking about comic books, especially DC comics. Like everybody has their own ideas about what's going on here, and that's a problem. But I still had fun with some of the concepts and stuff, and even the the art looks so good throughout this. And like, I was at first a little upset that we get Mary Marvel as our main character instead of Billy Batson because I love Billy Batson. But this works for the issue, and I can't wait to see where it goes next because it's fun. But because of the way the story was told, I still have to give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm a five point five. I, again, I just I sit there and read it. I'm like, I don't really care when I'm done because it just doesn't seem like it's going to matter. And really, I was just more thinking about Freddie. It's not even part of really the issue. So overall. This week Aren't was we a disappointment all for thinking me. about Freddy? Yeah, I'm telling you, though, yeah. Kruger. All, yeah, Kruger. Oh, my, Eric. That is true. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole play of this, though, is still, when I read this issue, I just want to read where we left off Night Terrors. And in that, most of the time, you know, we've been giving them seven to eights or whatever. I can't give this a seven. I just don't I think it's that good. I just don't think it, it made no sense. Like me and you both thought completely different things of what was going on. So obviously that wasn't really well done. And by the end, I just want to get back to the regular books. I don't need, I don't Hex even know violence. when we were in the fucking nightmare realm in this. I thought she was the whole time. You didn't think so. So that that's a, a bad thing. No, no, and not yeah. even the idea of that. Like I wasn't positive if we were going through the days and she, she thought she woke up on Friday, but she was still in the nightmare. My biggest thing is is this before night terrors and she's having like like premonitions of what's coming yeah now actually now that i think about it i even have a different idea is that in those nights that's just her in the night terrors yelling shazam and it's affecting the regular world because of the lightning in that because she's muttering that in the real world as well and then we just get to friday where she's still in the nightmares i think she's been in the nightmare the whole time and there you go because if you did mutter and talk in your sleep and yell shazam you would go back and forth in the real world i guess you would probably end up changing if you say it so i think that's all it is that all the things that we keep happening it might even add up that each time that she said shazam that was one of those days in the nightmare realm i don't know but at the end she's definitely in there and we'll see what comes from it but yeah this to me this was a really crappy week and it really is showing me that i don't like much of this night tears and i just want to get to september and get back to the regular scheduled program and what i was really enjoying but i'm hoping that when we get back it doesn't take a while to get you know the engine running again so this whole thing said nobody to me is guessing where this nightmare stone is nobody has any because nobody cares or knows what's going on no i could i could talk to 10 people they'll all have a different idea and that's not the way to do an event and usually we said that Joshua Williamson is good at the beginning and loses track. We're at the beginning, and it's already losing track, so eh, I don't know. It's got me worried for the rest of this. We'll see every week is a new week, but I thought this was down. What would you give your book of the week? My book of the week is World's Finest Teen Titans number one. That is mine as well. 
So yeah, there you go. A non night terrors book, pretty cool. I mean, you were talking, you got more positive as we talked about it, as that was on the Patreon spotlight. So if you want to listen to that, go over to patreon.com slash weird science where we had some fun talking about that. Here's what we're going to talk about next week. We got a bunch of books. Sure Batman do. Superman World's Finest number 17. Oh, that robot uprising. Couldn't even remember what was going on until you said that. Oh, the robot uprising. Luckily, the robots are there because they can end up, but it's in the past, Eric. If it was sure the, is. They could have saved everybody, but you also have Hawk Girl number one. The I start look forward of to a that. new I hope it's good. series. Somebody said that they looked at just the preview and they already hated it. <laughs> it was very wordy or so. I don't know. Uh, I know that we can't get a hold of the creator block this thing. Hawk Girl number one. Never, I don't even, I never. Saw that name in my life, but we're blocked. Night Terrors, Catwoman number one, Teeny Howard. Oh, good. Sure, that'll be fun. Night Terrors, Nightwing number one. You think she's going to have a nightmare about where she works at a suicide hotline? I think that she's going to be upset because Duchess ran out of fucking ramen. So it's going to, it's going to be nonsense. I just, I hope it's fun at least. I hope we can have fun poking fun at it. Probably eat a lot of things. I'm sitting here thinking, like, maybe nobody knows what I'm talking about. That seems like a really crash joke <laughs> about a suicide hot. The thing is, back in the New 52, there was a story called Gothtopia where the whole world was turned into a dream world version. That's oh, what she was. You mean it wasn't a nightmare realm? It was a dream realm. Every, was a, everything was, a, was great. Everything but they was, couldn't it was a, take it. It was a Gothtopia. And, but the thing is, that we had on that where that was a dream, like, you know, a dream world job that she had. When the dream ended, she was still working there. And it never she was made still sense working, and the senti was writing that, and she didn't realize that afterwards things reset and that didn't yeah. happen. She she was still working at that place. It made no sense. In that too, I remember. Remember there was parts of that uh, bit too about uh, either I think it was football or baseball that was so it's like you throw the touchdown to me and it's balls on. Hey, no, 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 no. Pass <laughs> me the ball it? and it's down. Yeah, pass me the ball and it's down. What? We laughed so much at that. That was so much fun. See, that's the sort of thing. Like when I'm reading that that flash and even the stuff at the end when I was yelling at, at you about hex and violence. So good. It, it's not as fun as the stuff like throw me the ball and it's down, or even the you Steve Orlando <laughs> JSA, like that sort of thing. Or JLA. Even, JLA. I'm telling you, that's the sort of thing. Matthew Rapier actually goes back to those reviews of us doing the Steve Orlando JLA when he's having a bad day. He goes back because <laughs> it was so ridiculous. We had Pistol Shrimp and that one going on. That Catwoman. Oh, my God. I, For some reason, that's I didn't even think of that for years now about that throw me the ball when it's down. And it's down. I've never forgotten. <laughs> and remember, I was like yelling at that point, like, just talk to anybody. <laughs> I would have been able to give you one line of that. But I did like it. Remember the Gothtopia? If people don't know about it, it was a John Layman thing that was kind of like just a Batman crossover. I loved his run on Detective deal. Comics. And when, when he did it, the, the concept was, hey, look, Gotham is, is a utopia. It's Gothtopia. But without being able to be angry, without being able to express, people started going insane. And then people did start committing suicide because they ended up, you have to have, you know, that emotion and be able to express it and things like that. It was a really cool idea. The whole thing kind of fell apart at point. Oh, it totally because did. You had, well, because you had people like Anderson tying into it, but we still had fun. At one point in the main book, Killer Croc didn't like he wasn't Killer Crocked up, and he worked for Arkham as like a, a guard and stuff like that. But they drew him white with blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, like, white why, guy. Why, why is that a that. why is that a dream state? 
What are you doing, DC Comics? Yeah, you had people all with you on that. Watching the DC, you are, you DC. (laughs) We have the article still out there on the site that you were pissed off. Oh, it was pretty good. But then then later, when you got upset about the Aquaman rape, everybody turned on you. (laughs) Nobody was with you on that one, Eric. Until they were, but you were already. You know what I mean? I don't even remember the argument anymore. I, I just know that Siren and him had sex while she was in disguise. This she was in know. disguise as as Mara. As Mara, yeah. And I don't, don't remember and my you stance said on that this that at was all. Bullshit. You said okay. that that was rape. You said that you shouldn't be able to oh, do no. that. No, I don't know if I was saying that. I my thing was uh-huh. Mara shouldn't have been upset because it wasn't Aquaman's fault. Oh, maybe Jesus Christ! No, I, I remember because the one person was making funny on another podcast and like. It wasn't rape. That guy's insane. Because you said this, this is kind of weird. It is weird. Maybe I think though you ended. I think that actually, actually, I think that this is what it was. <laughs> you were upset because legitimately Aquaman was a victim, but then he ended up almost being the bad guy in the story because you know Meryl was pissed or something. It was weird. It was weird, but I remember that you, story I think, sucked. I think you were on the right side of things. I would think like, so. I'd hope. I'm not positive there, but I hope it was. I just All of a sudden, that it became that podcast. sex scene in Re- Revenge of the Nerds, and that's not okay. Remember, at that at that point, I was listening to so many different DC Comics podcasts, and there actually was a lot. There's not that many left, but when I was listening, and all of a sudden, holy shit, they're talking shit on Eric, and I had to let you know. It was fun because usually people were talking shit on me. They never stop, apparently. Just listening to Polly P. Or, what was it? It was the. Uh, their uh, city boy, country boy podcast. City Do you geek. remember that? City geek, country geek. Is that yeah. what it was? And I'm pretty sure. I'm listening. That was before we really knew them. And I, I'm listening and it's like, yeah, that gym guy on this Weird Science DC Comics, that guy's an asshole. He's losing his I mind. Get it. Mainly because either I was yelling about the, the height of Gotham buildings or the idea of at the end of a hockey game, you're not going to start a fight when it's a tie. <laughs> Again, it always is sports, but I remember them yelling and screaming that I was an asshole. And then I got a hold of them, Eric, and I told them something, and then we all became friends. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Where are we? Night Terrors Nightwing, number one. You looking right. forward to that? Clone Rad. Eric. Now, how is that going to be different than Titans? Because you think uh, Nightwing's going to show up in both of them? Clone Rad's writing it. That's how it's going to oh, be different. Fuck. It's, it's going to be fucking not. Now, ready for some new rules? I will also say that a lot of these things where you do tend to hope that the books where the actual creative teams on that book, like a Mark Wade on the show, you can look more into those stories then, which I do like. Like the idea, okay, maybe that's setting up this, but Clone Rad on Nightwing? Now, I'm afraid because of the Clone Rides and what they did with Dead Man and Wonder Woman, Dead Man's going to be involved with Nightwing somehow. I don't know. That might mess things up. And and who knows what they think Dead Man is at that point. He'd become Plastic Man Look, out of nowhere. I know because they didn't know what Dead Man was in their Wonder Woman book. I know. I'm telling you. It's nonsense. And I swear to God, Joshua Williamson is going from there. Ver- Night Terror's New status quo, Boston brand. Yeah. Night Terror's punchline number one. So weird with all the characters that we could have in this big crossover event tie, or not cross, but tie an event to this whole thing. Punchline is still popular enough to get a freaking seat at the table. It's written by Danny Lore, so I don't know how popular that is. It might just be a placeholder. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like Danny Lore that much, but I'll, I'll give you the solicit to see if are you're we, into are we it. Get, are we getting a Power Girl Night Terrors? Yeah, that'll be in the Action Comics. That's uh, you end up. Okay. Having, the funny play is the Action Comics. 
night terrors is the main story seems to be Paige Power Girl. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. At least I can play my song Paige. again, Eric. But also then Philip Kenny Johnson, like a side to like, no, <laughs> you know, on the big thing. But you have uh, Danny Lauren Lucas Meyer is the artist, but Alexis, Alexis like K, a.k.a. Punchline, fears nothing. So she'd have you believe her fears will be pried out of her in the nightmare world where she's being hunted and she'll be forced to face her deepest, darkest nightmare in a true horror movie fashion. Now, if done well, you can get some real backstory on you what can Alexis actually K is. in this get some solid character work that we definitely need with this character. So I hope so that's definitely what's going to happen, right, Jim? I hope <laughs> I'm telling you because you talk about your stupid ravager. You talk about your bullshit flasher. This could be the most important book. This is that. And I'll tell you right now. And I love Punchline. This is going to go back to Joker War. I'm, I'm giving I Love Punchline a little salute here, right? This is make or break time. If this fails, the character might be done. If you can do something good, set some. Because you can do character work in these. Nightmares can be character work. Especially with somebody that there isn't a greatest hit. Yelled about it all night. Unless all you do. Is go with the eye. Oh, the Joker. Like, we need more than that. We need some really good. And you could really set this character up for something coming up. But if you do it bad, done. You you can't give a character that many chances that just don't work. What are you talking about? She's working for the Catwoman in the Gotham War after this. What's that? Phase 10? Phase 9. From outer space. If I'm Mr. DC, and allegedly the guy drinks a lot, but. I think that what I would have done, Danny Lore, to take a hike, I would have gotten Teeny Howard's husband. He seemed to be the, the, the Blake spice. Yeah, get Blake yeah. in here. It would have been good. Get that asshole in here. <laughs> I, I just think he's an That's asshole. Eric. I don't know why. I just think, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'm telling you, here's the thing. I'll admit it now. We're past the deal. 40% is that I didn't get it. And I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed. 60% is that it just. It doesn't jive. I didn't think it was funny. Forty percent that was like I'm like, oh, you know what the problem was, and I, you know, I'll tell you why it didn't work with me, because like a fucking moron, I actually played almost like backwards magic with it, because I went through it, got done, and then I thought, what was that? That wasn't a good joke. And every time I went in reverse, because I I was already past it. It's a weird play that I ended up like violence. And hex. hex. Violence. That doesn't run. Like, I never really put it in a sentence forward. Hex and violence. Like I said, Eric, 60% Classic. that I was embarrassed <laughs> that I didn't get it. 40% I'm still mad because I didn't. I think it was just like out of nowhere. It still didn't fit the book. Or for, the, for how mad you got, I'm like, I know exactly what happened here. No, maybe it should have been like, I, I can't think of it. I, I wish that I was clever enough to come up with, and you would say, Holy crap! I in my mind, I envision me coming up with something <laughs> so good. You're you're Ralphie, and everybody's putting you on your shoulders as a pause for your freaking face. And I'm like lace and face. No, okay, uh, nets and bet. Hex and violence, so good. I can't do it. How about bust and rust? Because she's got the bosoms, right? And then he becomes the rust guy. I don't think we're playing on that. You don't like that? Bust and rust? That's about my best that I got here. <laughs> 70%, Eric, I was embarrassed that I didn't get it. 30%, I just was mad at you for laughing at me. 
I still didn't like the issue. Whatever. I, what did I give that issue? Give it like another. <laughs> I think you give it like a three, maybe. Okay, I don't know. Give, give it. Give it one more point. <laughs> I was mad at you. I know what happened. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I ain't giving shit like that a seven. Oh, when the score like, just jumps down after that, I'm like, I know exactly what no. happened. It's the game we play, Eric. That's that's why it's like it's almost like I have this crazy like panic button. <laughs> Everything shifts like two points down. I told you, comic books is bad for you. The minute that I end up saying I'm going to slice you, don't ever trust that score. <laughs> I don't. Come back like three days later and ask me about it in private. And, like, did you really hate it that much, or were you mad at Eric? And you know what I'm going to say <laughs> every time. I'm going to say, comic books for you. There's been times like the, it, it used to be worse. I think I've gotten a lot better at points. Legitimate, I, no joke. You had to have realized at points that if you were, me and you recorded in the same, I would have leaped over the, the table at you if uh-huh. I could have, and I would have strangled you. Uh, but yeah, and then you know that, never that score, whatever that score is, you're not. <laughs> It's never going to be accurate because I just want to like. And I sit there and think. Actually, I'll tell you what usually happens. If I'm mad at you like this and I sit there and think he should be giving this a five and you give it a seven, that's when I minus two of the five, that's why I'm a three. That's (laughs) all it is. That is my math in my head. It's a gut reaction. We say all the time, my gut reaction is anger at you. I hate you. (laughs) That's all it is. It's like I fucking hate. And then I realize by the end, you can tell also because before I'd kick the computer so we'd be disconnected and then let you sit there. Now I kind of laugh at the end just to try to let you know that I know I'm insane. <laughs> we call that growth, everybody. Like, I realize that I'm totally insane. Night Terror Superman number one, Aaron. There you go. The Man of Screams. Oh, what is it? The Man of Screams. That's- okay, you did say Superman. <laughs> I thought you said Superman Night Terror is number one. It really messed me up. It's Night Terror Superman. I might okay. Superman number one. And this says he's confronted by the Super Reaper on the the haunted nightly planet. Spooky. I think I remember doing the solicit thinking like, what the hell is going on? I mean, he's not even just in a nightmare realm. He's on the nightly planet confronted by the Super Reaper. Don't fear the Super Reaper. <sighs> Ooh. Or the Super Reefer. That's what Snow no, fear that. I think, right? Yeah, probably. I, I'd be done. Night Terrace Wonder Woman number one. He's writing that. Mm-hmm. That is a dual deal Josie Campbell and Stephanie Williams. I, I look forward to that. Josie Campbell pulls out some good stuff, though. You think? I think so. We're about the only ones that were any bit positive with that Mary Marvel book, which I we know. actually liked a little better than a lot of people. But one of the other things, Juan Ferrer is on that. So maybe we'll be in the arc. Maybe this will be the f- finishing arc. We'll be in the Nightmare Realm. But Stephanie Williams did this stuff with Nubia. So Josie Campbell was doing Nubia. something now. I just saw and I like I was really impressed that she was doing that. I think it might be that. Oh, yeah. It's that new Superman cartoon show. I think she created. Oh, it. really? Yeah. People people are like hot or cold on that. It's now, fun. I watch. I watched the beginning. It looked more skewed to little kids. Eric, I'm an adult. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm a little kid. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I don't need your shit. I'm a grown man who watches grown men things, Eric, like oh, movies yeah? and TV oh, shows. Oh, yeah, you watch this stuff, too? I actually watched the Lost prequel the other day. You ever watch that? I didn't know Lost had a prequel. It's it's called Gilligan's Island, Eric. Ah. That's my joke. But yeah, I was watching some Gilligan's Island and giggling and laughing. I felt like a little kid again. Oh, my God. Then I shit my pants. I'm like, yep, I feel just like a little kid again. <laughs> Ah, Eric, I didn't shit my pants. I'm a fucking adult. Stop it. 
Here we go. The next Gross. one is Tales of the Titans number one. This is like the longest run through of books ever. But, but like Tales of the Titans fun. number one, what? You should they should really have like, you know, no, no, a this character is just, name on there. Well, Starfire's on the cover, but this is like the first one. I don't know. It should be Tales of the Titans Starfire number one. Yeah, but I think it kind of has I, I Javier Rodriguez on art, and you have Shannon Hale and Dean Hale. Uh, doing the hail to the chief or something. I don't know. They're on this, and it's a, it's like a setup, but also Starfire. I don't know. Looks like Emmanuel Lupacino on the cover, though. I guess it kind of looks like her face is eerie, eerie. I say, Eric, and Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow, number four, of the book that I said at the beginning oh, them that I wasn't sure that we would do that or not, but we probably will. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Gabe's already reviewed it. And then somebody called him out on that on the website. Because <laughs> they're like, how'd you get it? But it was on the app this past yeah. week. They kind of do that. And Gabe really liked it. But he's sus. And he liked the other issues. And we haven't liked them as much. So I, I like some bits of it. What, the cover? Some that, bits. That, it's okay. It just it has a weird focus and a weird progression. Weird dialogue. My problem right now is like, I want to talk about the things I like. I got to go but. I got to go back and read the last issue. I'm like, where did we leave off? Because I'm pretty sure that we had our the main kid. The Cosmeteers were like fighting with them and they're sus. The Cosmeteers, the main kid who's like a Dax and my clone, he was doing brain control stuff on people. I I'm remember sure. he was pretty pissed off because you get to He's be Joseph normal Connor. and I yeah. don't. Yeah. So it's okay. It's like that weird book. Again, we said it all night with it. It's like. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it, but what does it really matter by the end? But it's okay. Growth for the- Connor Kent. Get some adventures out there. Maybe some new friends before he comes back to join, rejoin the Superman yeah, family for Action Comics. friends with these assholes. But not we'll right see. now. Well, right now he does. By the end, maybe not. But hopefully. Hopefully things get turned around for the maybe best. Maybe they're not. Like the idea where I want the Cosmeteers to be something almost like What's-Her-Name in Action Comics with John and the Dan Jurgens deal. But I think that all of them are sus. And See, so I thought it was kind of cool because it is Gleana. a clone kind of ver- version, though. Like, yeah, I wish Gleanna would do. And I don't want to get into that. But the idea <laughs> that this is almost like you a like weird the take. clone thing, yeah. No, it's like a weird take on the Legion of Superheroes in a present day with all the different alien races and Superboy being a part of that, even with the rings and stuff. Like, it's a cool take that I want to see explored more. You could be on the team. You could be Bouncing Boy, huh? Oh. You big fat ass. Hex and violence. <laughs> violence and hex. I don't get it. Plus, I was thinking of that book with the Jonah, the Hex book. Uh, uh-huh. it, was, it was really throwing me off. Also, what was the amalgam character that uh, it was pretty cool with the Hex in the name? And I can't remember. I can't remember either because there was a cool name, too. It was, it was a uh, really cool name. And that's also what I thought of. And I'm like, that's not as good. Violence Hex. <laughs> Doc- I don't know. I wanted to be like something with Dr. Fate or something like that. But. You look that up. I will tell everybody that all those books, a couple of those will be in maybe three this week. It depends on how the whole polling goes. But if you want to be involved in the voting or at least listen to the spotlight that comes out every Thursday night, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird sites. Just thinking to myself that this wreck of an ending and all that nonsense. But hey, that's what you get. You never know. You never know when you're going to wake up from that nightmare realm, right, Eric? You never, soon. never know. I don't know. <laughs> but that's that. I miss my window of opportunity with my inner, inner, what is it, intermittent fasting? 
I missed yes. it again. I even I even told you the idea that between I gotta the go shove some mail, rice in my face. I said I'm gonna have to shove rice and fish in my mouth. I never did. I even got coffee that I can't drink now because it has creamer in it. Oh well, looks like another night of getting rid of I that. Can't, I can't guy. find that cool hex thing you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. For some reason now, all I can think about it was called hex and violence. Listen, and now I'm thinking but about I can't like find anything. bullets and bracers now. Honestly, that's what I was, that's what came to my mind as well, which is also a cool title. Yeah, it is. It really is. But those amalgam things were pretty cool. But with all of that, we'll find it eventually. And if you if you know, you can let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to this. But just as an ending again, check us out on our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Also go over to the YouTube's Weird Science Comics. Generation Hex. Yeah, yeah, that seems yeah. different. Was that it? I thought there was something else. Well, that was an amalgam one where it's Generation X in the Old West. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Generation Hex. Also, go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Check out the written reviews. Maybe some a little before the embargo, Eric. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not telling. Just as an aside, as we were going through, I was also pissed off at the last section of books because it looks like DC not only got rid of us on the review copies, but won't even give us the previews now because I'm acting like an asshole. Right, yeah. Burning yeah. the bridges. There's bridges no, gone. I don't care. Just imagine me in like a little teeny like car throwing a match over my shoulder. Uh, but yeah, I'm just mad now. But more at you. <laughs> More at you and my embarrassment of me being a dumbass. But yeah, so all that, all these will be in the show notes as well, all these links and whatnot. But with that, we're done. Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Keep it spooky. spooky. And we'll see you in seven. See you in a seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Night Terror is the town in number one, written by Dennis Culver, with art by David Balbion, Rain Barreto, and Pat Brousseau.